22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Ah, oh, fuck, Mike. You, you put on a TV show that Ralph was distracted by. Oh, I knew I meant to change it to NASCAR. <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? I'm paying so much attention. It's yeah, to the TV, right jerk. <laughs> We're doing the intro. You're yeah. not even paying attention to the yeah. levels. Now, you'll notice here, everyone keeps going left and left. <laughs> and making left. a left turn. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to another hero-worshipping, tights-inspecting episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, episode 57. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, and always I'm here with the guy who looks like Denzel, <clears throat> um, sounds like Morgan Freeman, and complains like Estelle Getty from the Golden Girls, MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. Good news, everyone. Today you'll be delivering a crate of subpoenas to Sicily 8, the mob planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dr. Fonsworth. <laughs> I think he's my favorite character. He just comes he? out with some crazy lines. You know what's funny? I, I've, I've got to watch Futurama all over again because the the more you say those things, I'm like, wow, that's kind of funny. But I just haven't been able to watch it in a while. Uh, I, I love the show. And and as always, also with us is the man who forgives and forgets. And with geek movies, you don't want to do that all the time. RT Square, we're off the tech. You ever wondered why abbreviation is such a long word? I mean, come on. <laughs> Right? <laughs> that sounds like you know the idea of you know why is it that we drive on a parkway but park on the driveway? Yeah, yeah, makes no sense. <laughs> Eng- English is fucked up that way. <laughs> All right, so today's episode we will review the new DC animated movie Batman versus Robin. And before I begin, I'm gonna throw out the apology already. Big Kev, I am so so sorry. <laughs> Fuck you, Kev. We didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, funny thing is, I was the only one that thought about Kev when we were, you know, thinking about this, and then I was like, "Were oh, you wait. in the bathroom alone?" Yeah, whoa, yeah. <laughs> just just kind of setting the scene. No, I was in the car with Cap, and I'm like, "Wait a sec, we're doing Batman. We should have had Kev on the show." Because I remember Kev, um, there, um, when we were texting a couple of days ago, he was, he was saying, "Make sure to include me for anything that's Batman." And here it is. Aww. <laughs> yeah, it was Ben Grimm. Well, when we, when we get the Batman teabagging, we'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's not like we're, we're doing DC um, Batman versus Robin for the entire show. We're also going to take a walk down Hell's Kitchen and discuss the Netflix exclusive series, Daredevil. It's very dangerous in Hell's Kitchen now. All those hipsters might just go out and make you grow a beard. <laughs> Where's Hipster Tom when you need him? He came a week too early. <laughs> But um, before we begin, I'll just say these last two weeks have felt longer. It, it, it's just, between podcasts, these past two weeks felt like a month. I mean, is that because you haven't seen me as much? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that you know, with the birth of my daughter, she's um, you know she was born a week and a few days ago. It just feels like you know everything is kind of just weird, weird. Like I, I can't tell what day's what anymore. Like, people say, oh, today is the 27th. And I'm like, what does that mean? All right. Well, it isn't. So if they're telling you I that. was giving an example. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it hasn't. The 27th hasn't even approached. Shut, you know what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is that people could give me the date. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And when they tell me the actual day, I'm lost. I'm like, it's Tuesday? And they're like, yeah, it's Tuesday. I'm like, I thought it was Sunday. I'm like days off of where I am. Yeah. Tuesday? Tuesday. Uh, Damn, I forgot the lyrics. Oh, yeah. No. Ah, there we go. <laughs> All That's right. a blessing. But <laughs> the podcast gods have smiled upon us. Finally, for once, right? The only thing I also wanted to say was with the birth of my baby, I just wanted to give a shout out to my wife. 
Um, she's a Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> the one I talk about all the damn time. Your girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> well, he has a wife and a girlfriend? Well, damn, well she nice. was my girlfriend before she was my wife, so. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, <laughs> all whatever. I'm, all I'm saying is, um, I mean, people make a lot of light. They make light of, of childbirth, I guess, because it's such a common thing that happens. But, I mean, she watching her give birth to my daughter... She's she's I can't she's my hero. And you can I, still look her in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when when we, when she was giving birth, I wasn't looking at her eye. <laughs> when a doctor told me to look, that's not where the baby was coming out of. <laughs> Aren't you going to look? No, no, because I'll never ever love you again. <laughs> <laughs> ever. He's oh. He'll feel insecure for the rest of his life. That came out of you. Oh man. Yeah, well, I'm going in for enlargement as we speak. <laughs> Speaking of giving birth, let's listen to Mike spit out some nerd info for us to talk about. Let's move to the quick news. And now, the quick news with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kai. All right, let's just drop with the, uh, the pleasantries right now. Fuck you, NBC. Oh. <laughs> oh, right off the bat. Right off the bat. Fuck you, NBC, for canceling Constantine. Now that I've said that, let, what? Me, let me add my apologies for that outburst because now showrunner Daniel Cerrone says that he was assured by NBC's corporate offices that the show has not officially been canceled yet. What? what? Yeah. However, uh, the expense of the show and the fact that the ratings have been not really that good uh, make the promise of a second season very, very iffy. Wow. And it was a really good show. Anybody out there, if you have not watched Constantine, you really should watch it. Yes. The, the first one is rough to get by. I mean, it's not awful. It's just not that good. Um, it, it, it felt very much like a pilot. Like even to the point that like one of yeah. the people that's in the in the that's starring in the pilot doesn't even come back again. You know, <laughs> it's one of those kind of pilots. But after that, it picked up very rapidly. Yeah. And wow. Like, I, I would urge people right now start a petition, email NBC, send them letters, do whatever you can. We got to raise a demon from hell. That'll yes. show them. Raise a demon from hell. Or throw out, or throw out the question everybody's asking: Are you working with Fox? <laughs> 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 well, uh, shout out to um, Johannes, um, our Swedish uh, Swedish correspondent. He. Broke the news to me over one of the formats. He had said, "Oh yeah, they they canceled Constantine." I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, it's just a rough one. But like I said, uh, you know, according to the showrunner, it's not canceled yet. But it's just damn close. It's really just circling the drain right now because it's circling it, the drain. That's yeah. a new euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's because, like I said, it's the expense of it, and you know, that's always is dollars and cents and ratings with those people. So listen, uh, if, they, if they cancel Grim. They're going to see me show up at NBC. Where, where did you even come up with this? <laughs> Don't even start the rumor. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, someone's at NBC. They were on the same. They were shown on the same night. So. Yeah. Wait, what, what night is Constantine on? Friday. It was Friday, yeah. Well, but didn't we say Friday is traditionally a bad night? Friday's a bad night for a lot of TV. But, I mean, for, I mean, like, Grimm has been doing really well. Mm-hmm. And I think it was it was before or after Grimm. It was after. After. Yeah. Uh, Grimm was after Constantine. Right, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, so they had that as a lead-in. And it wow. just wasn't enough to pull it in. And was Grimm always on Fridays? No, it, I think it started off either on a Monday or a Tuesday. Didn't yeah, something, something like, like that. that. At one saying. point, it was on a Wednesday. I'm just saying, you never know. They might move Grimm and they might get rid of it. I mean, it's on a Friday. There's no bad. Who? You don't even watch the damn show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to wish it bad. I hear it's a great show. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, so they're it, great. It, it, Some it, NBC execs going to be like, well, I heard they're canceling Grimm. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, I guess we're doing it then. <laughs> well, let's hope that Constantine has better fate and hopefully they can turn it around. Yeah, no, exactly. He's All good right. at raising things from the dead, so we'll see. Let's hope so. If now they can make a deal with the devil and bring it back. Exactly. 
Dude, what, the, what are they, Peter Parker? <laughs> <laughs> as long as they don't bring uh, Kristen Dunst with it, we'll be all right. Wow. <laughs> Oh, he, he went for the wow. soundboard and it was just a delay. I, I, I stood quiet as a dead air and he hit this. I was like, all right, good done. Good job. <laughs> well, you got to get back in the flow of things. A exactly. week off. You know, yeah, a week, two weeks off. Okay. All right. So, rumor has it. Ooh, ooh, rumor has it. Now you're singing shit? <laughs> rumor. <laughs> all right. So, we have Kate from Hackers. We have Gia Karanji from Gia. We have Amelia Dingy from The Bone Collector. I'm sorry, Donahue from The Bone Collector. We have Laura Croft. We even have Maleficent herself. Angelina Jolie has been listed as definitely under consideration as a possible director of the Captain Marvel movie. Oh, yeah, I heard about this yeah. one. I heard it, um, a couple of months ago they kind of tossed the name out, but now it's a little bit more serious? Well, I mean, she's just definitely under consideration. That's about as serious as I guess you can get. Um, so so wait, you direct one biopic and now you're like hot or something? Hey, evidently it was good enough to get her on notice plus. No, big name. You want another name involved and blah, 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 yeah, blah. She, Get she, a woman behind a superhero film. She directed um, Unbroken. Mm-hmm. The biopic. Did, did you see that? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh-oh, yeah. You know what that means? Yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you, too. <laughs> but the Academy Award winner that stole Jennifer Aniston's man and Halle Berry's wanted role had been speculated to also direct the DC Comics Wonder Woman feature, but Patty Jenkins has the helm after replacing recently... Uh, lost Michelle McLaren this week. What? Yeah, so Michelle McLaren is not directing Wonder Woman. Pat, uh, Patty Jenkins is. But uh, they were saying that Angelina Jolie was also up for that. Like, DC and Marvel were kind of considering her for, you know, hmm. each of their films. Now, I know that um, Angelina Jolie directed, like like Ralph had said, Unbroken. Is there anything she's, she's been in works with in... in like on the background or in the in the background I'm not or married to her? I have no idea. I don't know. People have. I mean, with, with, with technology nowadays, I'm surprised we don't have more information. To you know, has she been involved in anything else? Because yeah, she's an actress, but you know, doesn't mean that she 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 can direct. You see the guy that heads up our technology, and you really have faith in technology. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm, you know that that tech guy that you guys have, horrible, horrible <laughs> guy. <laughs> I was gonna go for for a dick sucking comment. I was waiting for it. Like yeah, it was great. What? He's fantastic. <laughs> if there's one thing that Ralph the Tech is, it's a dick sucker. <laughs> wow. Damn. No, no, that's the Caps role. Hey. <laughs> and I can still host the show that, which makes me, it's not ambidextrous, but <laughs> I can multitask. There you go. Ambidextrous. No, I'm ambidextrous. <laughs> oh, God. But go ahead, Mike. What were you going to say? No, I mean, I, I'm saying I think she's directed something else, but. Um, that's what I'm saying, because I mean, off of one directed. Movie. In like the, the land, land of, of blood, blood and honey, honey, right? Yeah, I thought that was and that. a place in time. Which okay, is a, a documentary, and she's directing Africa, which is a movie that's been announced, and By the Sea, which is post production. Now, none of those movies sound like uh, anything sci- we give a damn about, or not, not only that, but something even close to um, that Captain Marvel would be about. You know what I'm saying? Like these sound like really serious films, biopics. You know, um, dr- you know, very heavy dr- um, drama. drama. Kind of yeah, movies. but I mean, think about it. Minority Report, E.T., and Color Purple. All the same guy. True. <laughs> you know? true. I true. mean, you're supposed to be a director. You're supposed to be able to direct a film with a vision, not direct one type of film no, with no, a vision. No, no, right. you right. Know? But, but you know, some people specialize yeah. in stuff, and then they specialize in one thing, but they go to direct something else. And Like, I mean, for example, um, what's his name directed? Um, George Lucas directed um, American Graffiti. Right. How great of a movie was that? No, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it just so, it, so I'm saying with some directors, they can, it can work. I'm just wondering. And I'm not doubting Angelina Jolie by any means. Yeah. I hope she does well. I just well, feel are you like, afraid of her. 
Yeah. <laughs> he has constant nightmares if she's going to She might her. steal my kid. <laughs> what, you she's going to throw a breast at you? Oh, too soon? <laughs> it's okay. I'm an ass man. <laughs> but let's see, how, let's see how this shapes out and watch this movie come out before Wonder Woman. That'll be the funny part. Probably so. That's yeah. great. Alrighty, so um, Olivia Munn brings her 34 Bs to an X-Men movie with a single A. Yes. Uh, the former co-host of G4's Attack of the Show has been cast as Psylocke, the psychic ninja in a one-piece in Brian Singer's X-Men Apocalypse. The character had a brief appearance uh, in 2006's X-Men The Last Stand. That was played, though, by Mylene Malachon. Wait, Psylocke was in, was in um, yeah. X-Men The Last Stand? Did I, I did not say that. I... I <laughs> I'm repeating it because I just can't believe it. Just gasp. You know, I need a fail button on this one. It's like, dun, 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 dun. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. you, you get the prices right. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that's that one. Yeah. Right. And then we'll be sued by the prices right. <laughs> I'll modify it. But Olivia Munn added to the cast. Okay, I, I kind of like that. I like Olivia Munn. I mean, she was good in, um, on Attack of the Show. She was great in um, um, the newsroom. But uh, it's really weird to go. Ah, starring actress in the film. She was great as a co-host of a TV show. Okay. <laughs> no, but, but she was in the newsroom. She was good there, too. I'm sure. I, I have no care one way or the other. I also don't care about silent. I just want the damn film to be out. Like, and, uh, I, I just, I keep, I'm just i tired of all this like piece of the time. And then there's this person. Is the film going to be good or not? Mike doesn't like getting teased. <laughs> well, it's not even a tease. It's boredom. <laughs> in uh, the movie Mordecai with Johnny Depp, uh-huh. uh, Olivia Munn plays a nymphomaniac billion dollars daughter so no real stretch no real stretch <laughs> now okay i'm really sad that you've seen mordecai <laughs> wow so so now we're going to go for the question how was it it's pretty it was good it was, <laughs> it's pretty funny johnny depp johnny depp has an amazing range i'll say that he's yeah, pretty, he's yeah but, good but we didn't need that movie to see that no <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> and let me ask you let me ask funny. you did you See it in the theaters? No, no, no. Okay, that's, 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 Come that's on, okay. honestly. Okay, so so there's some integrity to Does that. Does Johnny Depp uh, refer to that movie as mortified? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he signed on for it. That's not, you know, that's there his is, choice. Is, Nobody put a gun to his head and said, "Do this movie." They, they may have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though, because like the um, Mordecai's manservant, his name is Jock. Okay, and he's like, apparently he gets asked like crazy because there's in every other scene. He's with a girl having sex. <laughs> oh, God. A, they're in a plane traveling to Los Angeles, right? And then Mordecai sees Jock coming out of the bathroom, and he's talking to him. He's like, he's nervous about the plan that there's, that's going to go down. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you just see a girl coming out of the bathroom also. And he just looks at, at Jock. He's like, God damn it, man. What's wrong with you? Have some decorum or something like that. If it was. <laughs> I won't be watching this film. <laughs> <laughs> and for those who'd be interested in watching that movie, please send something to me while 22 pages later Facebook page, and we'll be glad to tell you shut the fuck up. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> what else you got there, Mike? We have a death in the Marvel family. With a career that spanned 45 years, the comic book world mourned the loss of one of its prolific artists, Herb Trimpey. Yes. Trumpy's legacy works include issues of G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, G.I. Joe's Special Missions, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, some Iron Man, The Defenders, and The Incredible Hulk, among many other titles. Along with Chris Claremont, Trumpy co-created Captain Britain and the X-Man, Psylocke, as wow. a segue. Uh, Trumpy is best known as the artist for The Incredible Hulk, number 180 and 181, which was the first cameo and full appearance of Wolverine, respectively. 
Trimpy was born in Peekskill, New York in 1939 and attended the New York School of Visual Arts. Yes. Herb Trimpy was 75 years old, but the cause of death has not been provided. Ah, so sorry to hear about that. Um, it's, it's funny because in the era of the, the mid-90s where artists were making their names known mm-hmm. you know it's so sad that that, that jed trimley didn't get the recognition that well i mean basically there was something uh, i was reading when i was reading about his life and stuff like that that there was one new york uh, times article or new york magazine article uh and he he talks very blatantly about it and basically he was just told by i forget which who was the editor-in-chief at that point and marvel was just like nobody wants your kind of artwork anymore you're done wow yeah. it was just you know it was just they didn't respect the old i mean and when you realize i mean look how many old artists you know, you just really don't see anymore or whatever. And it's not because they're too old to draw. It's just that, you know, the comic books are like, oh, we need fresh blood. I'm like, you just need artists people like. I mean, it doesn't have to be the newest hip artist. You know? And it doesn't have to be, um, it just doesn't have to be um, anime style either. Right, yeah. You know, it's just, I understand that things, you know, wax and wane with taste and all, but, you know, the way they just really throw away artists in both houses, not just Marvel. I mean, both houses, they, they were saying that, like, especially in the the 90s, Specifically, uh, you know, the artist row and stuff like that was just—it was just shameful. Just seeing artists just selling off their works just to try and make any money. This wasn't like to try and make a boatload of money. This was just to live. Oh, absolutely. Um, what's his name? Um, Neil Adams. As much as he—he's—he could be a little bit of a blowhard. One thing he talked about was how exactly what you're talking about in an interview. He had talked about how difficult it was for um them to make money on the yeah. side and the original um the original Comic Con. Was kind of one of those ways that they could earn money to, right. to be able to sign things, and they were. Th- I mean, please, they were throwing the, the combo companies were throwing away the original drawings yeah. of the comic books. You imagine that until they had to come up with some plan or you know fight you know fight the justice system and say, look, that belongs to the artist. Right, they keep them. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. It would have been good to be a garbage man during that time. Yeah. It's like at this, you know what I just found? An original Neil Adams, man. This is crazy. <laughs> well, now, now, I don't know if it came from Trippie himself, because I, I didn't read that part of when I was reading a, a different article, but they were saying that the the page uh, that had the original cameo of Wolverine on it, it sold for something like $637,000 or something like that. Wow. Yeah. And I wonder, and of course. But again, I don't know if it was him selling it to somebody, meaning that's Trippie, or if it was someone else that sold I'm not sure which. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask that. Yeah, it, that page looks incredible above my bathroom or my toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you just shredded it up and used it as toilet paper. No, yeah. no, 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 never shred up. <laughs> never shred up um, artwork unless it's Greg Land. <laughs> well, that's just your porn mags. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, you wipe your ass with your porn mags? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, see, now we're going to some dirty oh, territory. It depends on what kind of porn. Uh, wow. <laughs> Leave the thickophilia out of this. <laughs> what else you got there, Mike? Alrighty. Uh, one last piece. To quote the amazing Doctor Who character, River Song, a.k.a. who? Ralph? Oh, I don't remember her name. Melody Pond. Come on. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> oh, you mean her character name? I thought you meant the actress. Oh, get over it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Free Comic Book Day is shaping up to have quite a bit of shocks and surprises, so let me ruin this one for you so that Ralph doesn't have a chance to. Uh, if you've seen that hideous post-convergence uh, back mech suit and wondered why Bruce Wayne would wear something that was not this season's Hulk couture. <laughs> uh, it's because the wearer isn't Wayne. The mech suit modeler is none other than a fresh-shaven Commissioner Jim Gordon. Now, what? What? Why is Gordon wearing the suit? I don't know. Read the damn book. <laughs> no idea. Maybe he likes the way it feels against his skin. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's 
the crotch is still warm from when Bruce wore it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, at least it explains why um, there, there's a mech suit, and I'm glad that it's not Bruce. Well, he has mech suits, though, so it's not yeah. like Batman doesn't have a yeah, mech suit. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, a hokey mech suit. Well, at least it you mean like the one he used in the Court of Owls, and not even just from the movie. I'm talking about even from the comics. Don't segue. No segue. No, but I'm just saying. <laughs> well, it even explains why the mech suit has, like, police lights on it. I guess so, yeah. which that's just tacky. <laughs> okay so, so wow so so, that, so that's three any more spoilers for um comic book day i don't like to spoil i already feel unclean i don't know how ralph can do this on a daily basis oh i sold my soul ah that yeah. might explain it. <laughs> i sold my soul for eternal youth and beauty <laughs> you getting a refund <laughs> <laughs> the check's still the check's still clearing <laughs> so so wait there's nothing you have no other spoilers for that Nah, I had other stuff, but I decided to leave it. Let's see what you guys got. Ah, okay. Well, all right, but enough of that. Anyhow, back to anyone else. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even leave me say my line, which is, that's all the quick news? That's all the quick news. All right. Um, Ralph, do you have any quick news? Yeah. I got some quick news. When he does that, it throws me off. (laughs) That's why I do it. Go ahead. No, I ain't got nothing. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's not really quick news, but it's just... um, Is it going to be quick? I'll try to be if you stop interrupting me. Jesus. Has anybody caught the Batman v Superman trailer? Yes, I did. That was my bat voice. So, yes, I did. (laughs) I saw it. What did you guys think? I thought the trailer did its job. I mean, I I don't dislike the trailer. It just didn't make me go, I can't wait for that damn movie. It was just, okay. At least it, it did what a trailer is supposed to do. Make you think about the movie yeah. and what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, versus, like, I do hear people that are like, holy shit, it was... I'm like, it was no different than any other superhero trailer I've ever seen. You know what's <laughs> funny? I, I I enjoyed it, and I tried to block out, because um, shout out to Big Kev. Kev and you were having a discussion about, about things you liked and didn't like about And I was right. And you know why I can say that? Because Kev's not here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Then maybe we have to have Kev on the next show. <laughs> But um, I, I tried to not let your comments influence me. Mm-hmm. So I, I tried to listen, um, li- watch it and listen to it and try to have a fresh mind. And I, I kind of agree with you, Mike, about the voice. The voice was... But for me, yeah, the voice was very fine. distracting. Yeah. And the thing is, when I listened... Yeah, it was. It was distracting. And I listened to it two or three times, that one particular part where he's talking, like, you know, do you bleed? You will. Yeah. And I'm like... Not only was it Imagine Batman saying, but uh, it, it sounded like Ben Affleck doing a grovelly voice. You know what's funny? I, I, didn't, I couldn't hear Ben Affleck, but it just distracted me. It was just like, we're going to go there with the Batman voice. And yeah. I'm hoping that maybe, and I'm just speculating, this is me speculating to the universe, that maybe it's his voice through that mech, mech suit. suit. Maybe. Yeah. And I'm hoping. And, and if it's that, then I'm like, okay, I'm good. Right. Exactly. And I did think about that. I'm like, maybe it's just through the suit because right. I just can't take another Christian Bale voice. And... I mean, even the people that love the film after all these years, everyone makes fun of that voice. So they have to know it's not really the yep. way to go. Right. I mean, people make fun of it all the time. You would think yeah. you would take a cue from everybody else saying, oh, wow, Christian Bale sucked. The Christian Bale didn't, you know, try to outdo um, Heath Ledger with the voice. And yeah. you're going to go turn around and do another bad voice. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, they made so much fun of that on, uh, you ever seen the College Humor I was about one? to say, College Humor just kills it, you know. There's like Batman trying to find his voice. Oh, yeah. my God. That's like, a good one. Tell me where it is. He's like, whoa, whoa, that's your voice? I'm trying different ones. How how about this? Tell me where it is. Oh, my God. (laughs) Tell me where it is. Oh, God. Well, hopefully. Where is the dragon? Oh, God. Well, hopefully it is through the mech suit. And I remember the last time we had an issue with voice was when Mike was watching the Age of Ultron um, clip. And you were hoping that um, Spader's voice was a little bit more mechanized, oddly enough. Um, Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't want it to be distorted. It's just that it. 
again, it, I think it was just the trailer because you know a lot of times they the way they do with the voiceover on trailers is you know they, it's kind of like it's overlapping what you're seeing and it just sounded like James Spader's voice was outside of the suit. Yeah, you know, it just sounded like he was narrating over a you know a construct. And I just you know I'm hoping it feels like it comes from it. Yeah. Right. You know, it probably was with, with uh, Ben Affleck's voice was that he was wearing that suit and it's so constricting, so he's like. <laughs> Yeah, I can barely breathe. <laughs> so that should, be, so that should be like Michael Keaton's suit. Michael Keaton's suit was real constricting. You know, Kev's favorite um, Batman. Oh. <laughs> if he ever stayed awake through the whole movie, he would realize. <laughs> so uh, on the path of trailers, did you see um, The Force Awakens? I have trailer? not seen the new one, and I meant to catch it before we got on the podcast. Right, same same here. I guess we'll watch it during a break or something. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. It looks yeah. pretty cool. You actually, okay. you actually see like the main character. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna be? Which I'm assuming is Luke Skywalker's daughter. Okay, it's pretty cool. And you see the black stormtrooper again. Ooh, because we want to make sure that black audiences know yeah. there's someone of color here. Yeah. And then <laughs> the the new droid that's also that's like um, I guess R two D 2s cousin or something. Oh, know. okay. Oh god, with the with the droid cousins and shit. I don't know what it is, but it's like it's like another R two D two, but right. like more modernized, I guess. All right, okay. All right, still oh, looks cool. like a trash can with wheels. Well, I think we'll, we'll try to catch that during the break. Yeah, no, that sounds good. That'll be cool. All right, so let's get on with the first part of the show. And the first part of the show is talking about the new DC animated film, uh, animated film, Batman versus Robin, which is already a misnomer, and with a synopsis of Batman versus Robin is Damian Wayne's favorite, favorite <laughs> fan. Biggest fan. <laughs> Biggest fan. If you guys could see this apartment, you'd see why. There's Damian Wayne all over it. <laughs> Head... Oh. Shot in the head, <laughs> cut in the head. <laughs> so with the synopsis is MFG Mike the Finance Guy. Yay, I got to watch this movie. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Batman vs. Robin is the latest DC Universe animated original movie. The film is considered a sequel to 2014's Son of Batman. The story plot is based very loosely on the Batman Court of the Owl story arc by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo, along with flavors of the Batman and Robin Nobody story arc. All right, here's a synopsis. In a world where date rape daddies hate their sons, <laughs> no one hates their son, their forced ejaculation offspring more than Bruce Wayne. All right, keeping with the father-son antics of the first animated movie, DC Comics and the Dark Knight himself upped the insane physical and mental abuse ante known as parenting in this 76-minute romp full of over-the-top dysfunction. Bruce Wayne is offered a chance to join a saner version of the Tea Party, Meanwhile, Damien the douche Wayne has grown tired of his father attempting to restrain him with bullet-like projectiles and concussive explosives, so he seeks out the cold, crazy affections of the city's newest lunatic in a mask. It's a situation so dire that not even Alfred could find a funny quip. Maybe if Weird Al Yankovic wasn't hiding behind a child's mask, he would have told Damien to eat it. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now we have the voice talents of Jason Amara as Bruce Wayne Batman, Stuart Allen as Damien Wayne Robin, we have Sean Mayer as Dick Grayson in Nightwing. David McCallum as Alfred Pennyworth. Yeah, yeah, David. And who was Thomas Wayne? I could. It, it, it sounded like somebody else's voice in the. Was, was it? Uh, what's this guy's name? The one who did Batman from the. Kevin Conroy yeah, was Thomas Wayne. It was Kevin yes. Conroy. Gray Griffin was Samantha Vanover. Robert, I'm sorry, Robin Atkins Downs was the Court of Owls Grandmaster. Jeremy Sisto was Talon, and Weird Al Yankovic was Anton Shot the Dollmaker. Wow. That, really? that, yeah, that really was why I mentioned Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, okay. Well done. All right. Okay, cool. So let, let, let's go into it. Good synopsis. All right. Batman versus Robin. Um, 
it's funny because you mentioned in the synopsis that oh, oh press the bad button. This segment may contain spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. <laughs> I, I like you don't really it. have to leave Ralph alone. <laughs> you can insult him. <laughs> All right, so um, I know that Ralph, you have not read Court of Owls. No, I actually downloaded it recently. I'm gonna start okay. Loser has it. Now you, wow. Now you've read Court of Owls, Mike. Of course. Okay. Um, how did you feel? Because now, even though it's loosely, um, it you it know, was loose like a loose stool. It, I mean, it was that loose. I mean, it it did not do justice to that story at all. Hmm. To the point that they should not have. They either should have made a Court of Owls movie, or they should have just made whatever they thought Batman versus Robin was supposed to be about. Okay. That's. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know what they wanted it to be about, but that's what they should have done. Well, like I guess in the like, beginning, I, I felt like it was a misnomer. Yeah, it was like okay, it's one. It's like when I mean, people love comics in the seventies and eighties, but one thing they would do in the seventies and eighties, they would put something on the cover that had nothing to do with the comic book, just to get people to to, to, to buy. Yeah, it. like it would be like Superman slapping Lois's ass, but then you realize later on it was he was doing that to Jimmy Olsen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I just felt like you know, I mean, with a lot of things in this movie, it was a. A mis- I mean, the, I don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the movie, but I felt like um, the stories that they were trying to highlight, they didn't have to highlight to be able to create this movie. No, they should have created either, here's an idea, DC, an original piece, or what they should have done, which is, like I said, it's a flavor of it. It's, it's, they took parts of the Nobody story arc. Did you read Nobody? Nobody. Nobody. It, it, imagine like somebody in like a gimp suit, like a you know full, like almost like a black gimp suit, but with... Um, it would look like spider eyes. They weren't. He wasn't supposed to be a spider, but like, you know, he had like six like glowy eye type things in his mask. Okay. He had gadgets and stuff like that. But the whole point of that story arc, and like I said, it was in the Batman and Robin one. This is, of course, after Batman is now back instead of uh, Dick Grayson. Okay, yeah. I, I didn't read this. But keep yeah. going. But yeah, but this is during the New Fifty Two time. Um, it featured that the uh, the character Nobody was Morgan Ducard. He's the son of Henri Ducard, who was the original Nobody. And okay. this was supposedly a manhunter slash serial killer that trained Bruce Wayne how to manhunt. Now I remember. Right. I don't remember exactly. How okay. do you remember yes, that one? Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. It's, it's, the, it's the one where even in the modern times, which I, you, you know, any listeners out there have heard, and I know Cap has heard me say, I'm like, it's one of the other instances where Robin kills. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, Damian Wayne Robin. And um, But anyhow, the whole point of that was that nobody wanted to take Damian from Batman and make him his own ward-like character that would kill criminals. In other words, so that what would happen is he, originally he was following around and every time Batman and Robin would like capture a criminal and like leave them for the cops, then he'd come and kill them. Right. So, you know, that was his, so basically it was just what you saw in this movie right. where Talon was doing that. They replaced um, right. so nobody that, with right. Talon. So right. they should have just used that. First of all, they should have just used that story, not even bringing in Talon. They should have just used nobody and made that the whole movie, which is the whole um, arc was about was Damian Wayne, you know, has a violent, violent side and Batman's having trouble keeping that in check. And, you know, right. would Robin side with some lunatic or would he side with his father? Right. You know, and I think that would have been a clear story. It probably would have been better. Yeah. Yeah. Instead yeah. of this half in, half out. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and it's funny now that you, now you say that, it's kind of changed the way I feel a little bit about the movie. I mean, I still, I still enjoyed the movie, but it was funny because I, I couldn't put my finger on why the talent, um, Damian Wayne thing, it was like, this seemed this, familiar. Yeah, I was like, well, <laughs> I've seen this before. What, what is it? And it was that. Okay. Yeah. Did, did, um, in uh, the Court of Owls story, were there zombies? Um, they're <laughs> sort of. They weren't quite as dissolving at all, actually. They weren't dissolving. They weren't in that black way. goo. <laughs> right, exactly. They were, what they, they were what they stated that they were early on and then kind of ignored it later on in the movie. They were 
people that had been trained to kill da 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 that they could just keep reanimating. In fact, they would put them in this thing to you know freeze them down yeah. to deactivate them, and then they'd reactivate. Them. So they had chemicals in them that helped them live longer, and and probably gave them their strength and boost and you know adrenaline and stuff like that. Um, but that was it. It wasn't like anything supernatural. It was all science based. You know, like these were just people that they had for a couple of hundreds of years. Some of them, you know, right. Um, all right. What's okay. funny before I go, which was I think a really creepy idea. And I thought it was a good idea. I think, and it's funny because um, Court of Owls is actually one of my favorite runs from Snyder and Coppola. That's oh, a great story. It's actually one of my favorite runs visually and story-wise. Yeah. Um, and it's funny. I was so tempted um, on Twitter to ask Coppola what he thought about uh, the movie, but I said, he's probably going to say nothing because he works for DC. Right, of course. You know, I was curious to be like... Have him send you a private message. A direct message. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, writes, he writes back, I think you look good in those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> And delete. <laughs> <laughs> and delete. But not throw out of the trash. Right. <laughs> Just in case I change my mind. Hey, some, sometimes you got to feel good about yourself. <laughs> you keep those messages. Um, what I was going to say was um, the, the vibe of the Court of Owls was in this yeah. short, this film. And, yeah. and even I like the whole Dollmaker stuff in the beginning. Oh, the Dollmaker. Okay. Oh the Dollmaker, he was fucking creepy. His... Yeah. Child dolls were disturbing as hell. That I was on the setup of this movie. I was on board at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. I was completely on board with this movie. You know, let me not ask, a problem. Let me ask Mike a question, and I'm asking you, Ralph, too. But I'm not sure if you if you read this before. Who the doll maker with the little kids? What story run does that remind you of? It's another Batman villain. Yeah, it reminds me of Professor Pig. There you go. Yeah, yeah, from the from the Frank um, quietly and the Grant Morrison run. That yeah. was going to be my answer. Of course it was. <laughs> well, just in case, just in case people don't know what we're referring to, when you get a chance, check out the original run of Batman and Robin by um, Grant Morrison and Frank quietly. It's probably like the first twelve issues. Yeah, something along that line. Yeah, and they, and th- that's when they first introduced Professor Pig, and he's not the be um, beware of the bat. Um, Environmentalist, yeah, eco terrorist, yeah. yeah. Frank quietly, Frank quietly is the quietly. name of the artist. I think it's hey. quietly. Oh, quietly. Oh, I was about to say because it doesn't sound like he spoke much. <laughs> Shut. <laughs> Thank God um. he's so close to that rim shot. <laughs> <laughs> want to give his room a shot <laughs> whoa, whoa. Oh, now. sometimes you say things you don't realize how it comes out <laughs> i think they were a little bit too close in that car <laughs> it's a mini cooper dude you're very close <laughs> but but yeah i mean the creep factor i mean i loved it and then the action the way the pacing of it was the dialogue between damien and and bruce that was all good i mean and sometimes it was oh you mean in the beginning or in the beginning oh yeah in, in the, the beginning, beginning yes. in the beginning because you know going to the doll maker and just everything just felt Right, yeah, but the before only, he became whiny little bitch, son. Yeah. Well, I mean, and it was the doll maker that that the heart was taken from, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's right where it started to fall apart. Not because of the violence of taking out the heart. It was, and and I don't want to hear like any excuse of well, you know, the emotion of the moment. Batman is Batman is Batman. At least that's the way we're always giving it to him. Let's see. Heart obviously ripped out right. of this character. Not a drop of blood on Damien. Yep. But I'm going to accuse him yep. of having done this. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah, and I'm like, the world's so, greatest detective. Yeah, fucking. <laughs> I mean, can't see the obvious clue. You know, I was just like, ooh, it started to falter. But I was like, okay, I'll let it go. And then the movie just kept going along that line. It didn't fall. Like again, I think we said earlier, and we'll get around to more clear reviews in a little bit. I don't hate the movie. I don't love the movie. It is. I'm very much in between on the movie. It just didn't do a lot for me, and that's where it started to go to that level. Okay, here's my reenactment of that scene. What did you do? I, it wasn't me. I didn't kill him. 
Then who was it? Wait, why is Damian Wayne a, a tiny Latino boy? I, I was going to say a tiny Asian boy. <laughs> uh, that's my whiny bitch voice. Oh, ah, okay. <laughs> He's very good at that. He's, he, he, wow. <laughs> he uses the same voice when he does kick-ass. Yes. <laughs> it sounds the same, oddly. I bet so. Um, yeah, I mean, from then on, I can see where the change went because then it went to the whole thing of... Cause, oh, sorry, I lost my place. Because in my head, I was thinking about talent, and I, I went in my brain on a whole tangent about talent. Because I started thinking about, ever seen the movie Unbreakable? Yeah. yeah. One thing that, that, that they talk about is how the, 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 the hero always looks one way, and the villain is supposed to be the opposite. Mm-hmm. And almost to the point of he should, be, he should not be something very beautiful to look at. He shouldn't be symmetrical. He should be something very ghastly to look at. And when you look at talent, and the only thing that's different is, is his methods. I mean, he's... When I saw him take off his mask, I'm like, "Wow, he's got flowingly brown hair!" Like, I, right. I, I can get on board with this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They like he didn't look like what you thought. I mean, he didn't have to be this figure. I mean, I understand what like usually you get like some kind of weird thing. Like at least a facial scar usually you get on the villain. That's why you get it. Um, but it just he he just I don't know. He just looked like every other DC animated character. I guess that's what it was. Right. He, didn't, he didn't have anything specific about him. He actually looked like. He looked like a really tough version of Archie from the Archie comics because he was like it was, it was almost a red hair and he had freckles and I'm like oh you're not very threatening. And did you notice how um, Dick Grayson kind of looked Latino? Yeah, he did with, a little with bit. the gold chain and everything. I thought he was gonna go to like the bodega or something. <laughs> and he was talking to the girls like, "Wait, you're wearing what? The red one? Oh shit! Dick, All right, baby, I'm Dick. I'm... Stop getting those plantain crumbs on my keyboard." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, damn! I was waiting for the for the um the poor um Spanish accent imitation of Dick Grayson. I, I guess I missed that boat, huh? Uh, no, it happened. You just weren't listening. No, okay, damn. Deals, <laughs> meals, but oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> but um, speaking of Dick Grayson, um, when Batman had Dick Grayson look over Damien, how did you guys feel about that interaction? Babysitting? Yeah, I, I, I was ex- first. Of all, I was excited to see Nightwing. I mean, yeah. of course, in these. I mean, I like Nightwing in general. I always make fun of Rob because I know that's one of his favorite characters. But um, in these animated films, I always look forward to him only because the Batman movies just haven't been so, you know, exciting for me. That mm-hmm. So that when he's there, I'm like, oh, <laughs> thank you. Save the show. <laughs> he didn't do it in this and one. He didn't. No, they, they did him a major dishonor in this yeah. movie because, all right, one, he had a good line when, when, uh, when him and Damien are sparring and Damien says, uh, my grandfather's Ra's al Ghul. He taught me everything yeah. that I need to know. And he says, well, I was trained by uh, Bruce Wayne. And every time he met Ra's al Ghul, he kicked his ass. Yeah, that was I, great. I, I, I like that one a lot. I mean, and Damien did have a good one where he's just like, you know, he's my father. Yeah. You know? And then he's like, yes, he is. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. The fact that it's, it's my problem with Damien. You've heard me go on about it, whether it's talking about the comic book or even the last movie, Son of Batman. You're a 90-pound kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that you kicking me in the shin is not going to bring me down. But, like, you know, first of all, Nightwing, unlike Batman, has body armor on, yep. smartly. Yeah. <laughs> smartly enough. <laughs> um, and it's like, you know, he's been kicked in the shins enough. I'm not saying it's not going to hurt, but he's not going to be like, oh, yeah. you know. He's going to keep fighting back so that I'm like, Damien, you can't put so much weight behind 90 pounds. And, in fact, didn't he flip? The doll maker, who yeah. was who was at least, I mean, I'm exaggerating. He looked like 400 pounds. You right. know, he looked like Juggernaut. And I'm like, you don't flip over from like the neck drag over top a guy of that weight. You're 90 pounds. <laughs> mm-hmm. and so him beating Robin, I mean, Nightwing, I was not into it. I, I think at the worst they should have just had it a draw. Like, but Dick going, 
stop it. Yeah. Like not, you know, yeah, yeah. Not, not like it's really a true draw, but just, just saying like, stop. Say, or saying, okay, that's it. We're good. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. And like I said, you know, earlier, I do like this movie, but one of the problems I did have was, I mean, you don't have Damien, and I'm going to use a hood term. You don't want him sunning the original Robin. You don't want him one-upping the right. original Robin, the best Robin. Right. Mm-hmm. I can see him doing that to Tim Drake. Right. I can even see him, no, not really, but I'll say maybe Jason Todd. Well, he has to only because Jason Todd's a villain. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you can have him one-up Jason Todd. But, I mean, if you want to try and make a point that, and again, I'm not saying I agree with it. If you want to make a point that Damien is a better Robin in fighting skills, Robin, right. fine. You know, if, if he, if, if Dick, I mean, if Batman has said something like, you know, your skills are much better than Dick and Tim's and Jason's as Robin, but then show that as Nightwing, Dick's like, yeah, I can, I can kick, bust I, you I, up, I, I can bust you up easily. Yeah, you know, I had a that I'm that. good with. I have no problem if you want to tell me that he's a more effective fighter as a Robin, right. but not that he can beat Dick. Because also, I mean, in Brandon, we know that in superhero things, you know, when you're in someone else's comic, <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you kind of have to let them have their things. But okay. this isn't a comic book, and this is a movie of the Batman universe. And it's like, so basically, you're just kind of saying that Dick Grayson is really not that good. Yeah. That, <laughs> you know? or, or the fact that also, I understand when uh, when him and when uh, Damien and Batman were fighting, mm-hmm. and that you could sort of say that Damien won. But it's because they fell through a freaking window right. roof, and he saved his life. Right. You know, but even then, it's like that's still sort of unbelievable that he still got a, the upper hand on. Well, yeah, on I mean, Batman. well, at, at first it was just the fight you thought. I mean, you could see Batman is just basically, you know, he's countering his moves and he's just like, you know, I could just do this all day. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll even give you that that Damien got in a dirty hit. Nothing that would punish the Batman, but just like a, you know, okay, you got a hit in. But when he started actually kick, I mean, it became a competition of a yeah, fight. Well, I'm like, ass. oh no, 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 yeah, no, no, yeah. No. <laughs> because now Seems you're telling so me he's the best fighter on this planet, and it's funny because <laughs> you know? outside of that, looking at the sequ- all the fighting sequences, I was very imp- I, I like the way the sequences moved. Yeah. but I think I paid more attention to who was winning. Yeah, and obviously, and that's what part of what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to pay attention to who's winning. With Nightwing and with Batman, I didn't like how that went down. No. I, I was just like, it's it's one of the things that kind of lowered my rating in the movie. Because I'm like, well, kind of like what Mike's saying about you know in in other comic books, you know, there's a certain ranking as a pecking order yeah. mm-hmm. and almost like when you're um in, in, in comic books when you have like certain heroes fight each other there's certain battles that happen and it kind of ranks everybody like the thing losing to the hulk right that has to happen right you know and then you're like okay well the thing's not as strong as the hulk so now with this you're telling me okay so wow so i guess damian wayne could be batman right now at 10 years old is that a first yeah it, it was just too much and then I, what i didn't understand also is how um nightwing Got hit on all four limbs oh. with those freaking daggers. Oh, we, we, everybody, dude, Batman was so cut up, stabbed. Mm-hmm. They stabbed him deep with the sides into his shoulder blades, into his back. I mean, I get his comic book violence, but they put no sense of reality in <laughs> any of that violence. Everybody, because Damien, I mean, uh, um, Nightwing, not only did he get stabbed with a bunch of those knives when they were dragging him, mm-hmm. the, the Talon pinned him. To the wall through his shoulder blades. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then the next scene, he's got actually bandages on his arm. Oh no no no! <laughs> no. The, Remember in the, when they're in the library, like after the whole fight, you know? Okay. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 He's helping him move the books. Yeah yeah yeah. He's, he's got bandages on his arm, one arm, one arm, yep. and his shoulders are fine. Yep. And I'm like, I don't think you've <laughs> ever seen a human being injured. Here's here's a, a secret actually. Many people don't know this, but 
Bruce Wayne has his own Lazarus pit. Ah. In the, in the Batcave is not as good as Ra's al Ghul's. <laughs> okay. Right? But it does heal a lot of the wounds. Are you saying it's like the Walmart brand? Yes, yes. <laughs> so you're trying to say it's the Lazarus pit liquid that he often has splashed on Robin's face every now and then. Wow. Yes. Ah, that makes much more sense. Is it a white liquid? <laughs> Which is what keeps <laughs> um, Dick Grayson so young. It's very good. Keeps his skin so smooth. <laughs> wow. Yeah, exactly. Well done, Bell. <laughs> No, but um, but you know, we you know we kind of jumped around a little bit there, yeah. but um, like we're saying, like I did like the creepiness of the doll maker in the opening scene. Right. I thought the opening scene did kind of pique interest that kind of dwindled out. Um, I thought it was an interesting twist with the grandmaster of the owls, but they didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Which is which I'll get to the you know when we start talking about more of the story. Like I, I the court of the owls seemed right, and then they seemed instantly wrong somehow in seemed right you mean in in, in like in they were creepy the... enough and they were haughty enough and they were full of themselves enough but then that was that you know? it, it was very surface you think like yeah they, i thought yeah. it was or, or how about we have eyes everywhere we see everything you didn't know batman was bruce Wayne yeah, right I was about away. To say, yeah i mean according to their story they should have known already well also yeah, remember they, they they didn't do a, a one of the reveals that they did in the comic book thank god which one that about uh, dick uh, no, about um, about Thomas Wayne being part of the Court of Owls. Oh, and, that's right. That's and then, right. then having another son and, and the comic Oh, book. thank God they didn't Spoilers. go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that one. Uh, oh, I spoiled something for you? Yeah, and, then, and, then, and then the other stupid part was that they were also planning on grooming Dick Grayson into being one of the Court of Owls right. as well. Or, no, to one of the Talons. Right. Because Talons was the name of all of them, not just the bad, that lead one. It's just that the only one that's left is Talon now. Yeah, you know? Right. It's actually quite interesting that they chose owls because, you know, some owls do devour bats. Well, that, right. well that's what they oh. said. In the comic book, they actually get into yeah. that. Yeah. They, Which they, I hated that ham-fisted push, though, when they did it. It's like, oh, so suddenly there was an owl at the death of the Wayne family. Holding a bat. <laughs> holding a bat. Really? <laughs> it was really bad. And, and by the way, explain to me this, this plot point that was under the doll maker that led us to immediately, you know, to get us to the story. Uh-huh. He finds the feather of an owl. Now, yeah. he goes to the museum, and in a glass case is an owl missing a feather. Yeah. Which means you had to open the case, pull out the feather, close the case up, take it with you, and put it somewhere. Yeah, they, it, it wasn't like an act. I mean, but they didn't make it sound like they wanted Batman to find him. In fact, they didn't want Batman to know about them. Right. But that's the only way that feather no, could have gotten there. No, no. If you, if, if, you, if you listen closely, they were trying to lure him in. The whole thing was, was talent's objective was to take out batman right oh by the way speaking of luring him in and then they did lure him in and they drugged him and what did they do to him they let him go i mean we don't even know that he just wasn't there anymore (laughs) like like they didn't unmask him they he just next scene wakes up seven hours later in front of of wayne manor (laughs) from from what they said because you see uh you hear alfred say we just found you right where where you came in when you went in right but i'm saying so he's that badly drugged that he has no memory of this they have undead people that could take down Batman almost when he was in full strength. You couldn't subdue him. Like, like so that's my whole point. Like they, they, they got Batman where they wanted him and then they did nothing. nothing. <laughs> like, yeah. made in, no other words, sense. in other words, you're saying these, these guys are shitty villains. Well, yeah, and they were. I mean, in the comics, though, don't get us wrong. In the comics, they're great villains. A lot of the scenes that you see in the movie are from the comics. Right. It's the, just the but maze, it, but it goes everything. for yeah, the maze. The fact that they did drug him and that he goes through this whole like it's a whole issue almost. You know, of him being drugged and mm-hmm. fighting not only the demons that he sees but the things that they're putting in his way. That is great. What they did here is they just went, oh, they drugged him and then. Yeah, we cut out like twenty minutes of film, and anyhow, he's back home. So yeah, in, <laughs> yeah. The, in the in the 
comics was the grandmaster also samantha no Okay. Nah, it was just something that that yeah. I think. I mean, I like the idea. Like I said, that it was a twist, but they did nothing with the twist to the point that it was like, well, then it was unimportant. Right. She yeah. had some identity issues too, because when uh, when she was in bed with Talon, and he's like, "What about the Grandmaster? Doesn't matter what the Grandmaster says. It only matters what I say." Bitch, right. you are the Grandmaster. So well, he knew that. It wasn't like he didn't know. I think she was just making fun of that, and that was supposed to make us not think that it was her and they did a bad job of that like that was supposed to be the big reveal was that it was her you know it's funny but, but it well, for, well for me it was a, a semi big reveal but not a big reveal but i mean like i didn't i didn't think it until it, i was like oh okay well i can see Wait, that you, I, not you didn't think about it when she was in the bedroom when she was in the bedroom and, and you saw her mask right. yeah no i'm talking about after that i'm saying no i'm saying that i don't mean that i knew beforehand i mean i knew she was bad before oh. i just knew it but i'm talking about that when he attacks her. Um, oh, oh no, 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 right, no, right. When he attacks the group, and then you, they do this thing to show, oh, it's her under the mask. I'm like, but you kind of already established that. Right. <laughs> like, we you, kind of already knew yeah. that now. You know? If you notice closely, there were some angles when they look up at, at, at the Grandmaster. He looked black, by the, the way. Well, that, and you, you can see the outline of breasts. Right. But you also notice that even though it was supposed to be gloves, they just did a bad uh, drawing job. So it looked like it was black hands. Yeah. It looked like a black man was the, was the Grandmaster. I'll have to watch that again. Yeah. I thought Tyler was black because of the voice that they were using yeah. for him. I'm like, holy shit. This well, Jeremy Sisto, they must have done a little twist because you know Jeremy Sisto. He was um, he was one of the last detectives that was on uh, Law and Order. Yeah. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and then he also sounds like, did he do the voice for Black Manta? Oh, did he? He he may have. I'm not sure because he sound for some reason when when Talon was wearing the mask and you don't see the lips moving. Right. I could have sworn I, I heard Black Man. So I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. That's something to look into. Oh man. But, well, um, now what did you think? I thought, you know, I mean, granted, we I guess we get used to our villains being very stodgy, and you know, there's a certain villain speak, you yeah. know, that villains have, and I just he bounced in and out of that. Like he yeah, okay yeah because yeah, yeah, you know it, I mean granted he did not say these lines but it felt like he was just like. You know, we need to take down Bruce Wayne because that bitch is getting on my nerves. Mm. <laughs> it, it just felt like that's how he was bouncing in and out of every now and then. It's like watching somebody come in and out of a bad accent. Yeah, yeah. Except like, it wasn't an accent, yeah. right? Exactly. But 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 the style of speaking, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely feel and that it, way. It kept tearing me out of the characters. I'm like, oh, what kind of? Because you because there also would have been it just would have been cool. I think if he had been like a 200 year old person that they had been reanimating, which I think in the comics, I don't know if he's that old, but I think that but is his yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Grandmaster, yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to a little bit to um, right before um, Damien starts kind of messing with talent with 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 talent and stuff. What did you think of the moment where Batman was trying to bond with Damien? Oh, watching the movie with with the movie with when he goes, oh, you know, I just flipped through Dickens and you know, I used to rip through Dickens when I was your age. And I thought it was an attempt to show that he was bonding, but then like everything, it just failed. Like I, I mean, his attempt at, at controlling his son. It was so by the way. Like, it, it almost felt like, oh, someone's got a camera. It felt like it was like a, um, what do you call it? A, uh, uh, what did call it? One of those reality TV things where it's like, oh, the camera's on me. Oh, I care about my son. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I mean, what did you, I mean, how did you I mean, I, mean I, I, li- I liked it a little bit because you saw that, you know, he was, you saw the conflict in um, Bruce saying like, wow, I'm really losing my son. You know, let me try to, you know, try to relate to him on some level. And then, of course, Damien doing what Damien does. You know? Right. But, but I mean, then, but at the same time, so this is what I had the problem lots of part with the movie, and that's why I was even making fun of it a little bit in my uh, synopsis, is that, yeah, you know, he's my son. You know, I, you know, I, lo- you know, I got to love him. I got to take care of him, raise him the right way. So instead of just, I don't know, maybe even sitting in his room to make sure he doesn't leave at night, which 
unless you're going to chain them up, it would make sense. Um, no, no, I'm going to invent a high tech system. Okay, I'm fine. You want to make oh, a yeah. high tech system just to keep them there? You mean like a gate or something? No, no, I'm going to have actual pellets fired from a gun, right. not one, several, but which could have <laughs> hit him. Had he just missed the move, then I'm going to have concussive bombs blow up. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> when I realized, because I, I see him leaving and I'm like, wow, those are, that's a pretty intricate, oh shit, that's, that's Wayne Manor. Yeah. Don't forget the, the wall that opens up and can crush you. Yeah. And also that opens up to a oh, spike the spike that, sh- that shoot up. Yeah. And which is also electrified. Yeah. Let's I'm not like, forget that. I'm, yeah. I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? You, that is not fathering. <laughs> could you imagine when he's like buying all this? He's like, huh. So this fence, it, it comes with an open cr- wall crusher and it also has an option for spikes and electricity. And the electricity is only $50 more. Hmm. You sound like a Home Depot commercial. Bruce Wayne was in it. <laughs> well, I mean, it would be. It would just be like, well, I need a wall that crushes people. I need spikes to shoot out of a fence. Uh-huh. Anything else? Yeah, I need uh, multiple firing guns, uh, concussive uh, bombs. What is this for, sir? Oh, my son. I just don't want him getting out of the house. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, but, so, but then you had that followed by eventually when now um, you felt it was just a day. Then we found out it wasn't. When Damien is now hanging around with Talon. Right. He's just like, it's been three days. And I'm like, you, you didn't. You, I mean, because it's not even bad. Talon's talking to Damien. I'm like, Batman has not had any idea where he's been for three days. Not a day he's searching for him. Three days you've snuck out. Because you get the idea he's been back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, so then you've now not even tried. You, like I said, sitting in the room with him. You've not tried to keep your son there at all. So, and then <laughs> my question is, is like, you can put a tracer for the Court of Owls. But you have Damien's costume right here. You know where he keeps his costume. Right. You're not going to put like a sew in or tracer into the lining or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. It just, well, because Damien's too smart. No right. But yeah, how sure. about. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, that was sarcastic. No, 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 no. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I even thought of that. And then I'm like, yeah, but if I'm that adamant about keeping track of my son, Batman would just be like, give me your arm. Boosh, tracer is now subdermal. Yeah. <laughs> or it's intramuscular. So that if, yeah, you want to cut it out. Go for it. Right. <laughs> Cut <laughs> off your arm. Yeah. I, I mean, it was just like there was no way about it. And also, that was what got me at the movies that part of it, and I get that that's the dichotomy, I guess, of Damien is that he is just this 10 year old kid, but then at the same time, he is a, a highly trained murderous assassin, you know. Um, that, you know, but they would, instead of us going like, he's a kid, let's try and, you know, he's, he's in this crime fighting thing, but we want to try and still keep the kid's side. Like, no, there's like, Dick Grayson when he was still right. Robin it, you have even Dick that's like basically yeah you're just a kid pummel in the face pummel in the face hard <laughs> kick to the gut yep. I'm like and, and the same thing with Batman I'm like the moment that that fight was going on on the roof when uh, Damien's attacking him and Batman's kind of brushing him away the then only he way is Batman, right. Batman versus Robin yeah, by the way. By, yeah that's the only Batman versus um, but when Damien you know finally gets in a, a kind of blow and then Batman just comes back like he was beating up the Joker <laughs> Yeah, I'm just like that's your son. <laughs> He's like, no, that's the demon's grandchild. I'll agree with Ralph about oh, that. And, oh, by second. the way, and threw him off the roof. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot and about did, that. And didn't come after him right away to catch him. <laughs> In his defense, when they were falling and he saw that they were reaching the ground, he did catch him and turn around. Well, he was just like, oh, lawsuit. 
um, oh, but but then you realize also from one of the flashbacks. Oh, I'm like, I see where you got your parenting skills from. And of course, I I don't remember the 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 actual words that Thomas says to him, but it's just like, and the quarter for the owls rhyme. They'll kill you and murder you and yeah, da 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 yeah. da. Good night, son. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? what? <laughs> this was your bedtime story. <laughs> What the hell is wrong with oh, you, Oh, Kevin Conroy. <laughs> Good job. Oh, but don't 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 worry about it. They're not real. <laughs> well, when you say it like that, then I'm starting to change my mind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then also, um, they established Bruce Wayne with psychotic tendencies. He kills an owl in his attic for no reason. Right. I'm like, isn't that what they say is one of the first things serial killers do? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just like, who is writing these stories anymore? I, I don't think that they understand what Batman is supposed to represent you know, and who he's supposed to be. You want to hear the rhyme? Oh, what's that? All right, here you go. Beware the court of owls that watches all the time, ruling Gotham from a shadow uh, perch. Whoops, my bad. <laughs> Behind granite and lime. They watch you at your hearth. They watch you in your bed. Speak not a whispered word of them, or they'll send the talent for your head. Good night, son. <laughs> Pleasant dreams. <laughs> Don't bother us. <laughs> and you know what's funny? When they were going there, I was like, oh, because he sounded so creepy. I thought they were going to go the route of that. Right. That thing. he was involved with them and stuff. Right. Hey, let's put it this way. I mean, well, I mean, for you, I don't know if it would, but I mean, it'd be interesting to see how you felt about it. But for those of us that read the story, did it feel like the movie was missing something? I don't mean just mean that they yeah. left out stuff that we know the story. It felt cut. It felt like this is a longer movie. Like, it almost felt like they did do a Court of the Owls movie. And decided to cut it up and add some other movie to it. It just didn't feel like it didn't feel like it was one story anymore. You know. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, especially now that you talked about no, um nobody. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, totally. Yeah. And now, now I totally can see that. Yeah. For me, it felt like I don't know. It felt unresolved a little bit. Yeah. You no, know? it, you had very little resolution besides the court of the. And, and by the way, the court of the owls that was taken down. Batman did a great job. Oh, Batman didn't take down any of the Court of Owls. Talon Talon did and killed them all, surprisingly, after finding out who Batman was. I was just like, oh, how are they going to resolve this? Oh, that's how they're going to resolve this. (laughs) So Batman's secret is safe. Yeah, once again. Yeah, I didn't. Oh, violent Batman. Now, we get that later on. Actually, it still doesn't work later on. The first time Batman meets the Talons, he's in the museum of that conveniently left... Uh, feather right and three different talons attack him he what does he do to one of them remember he takes off the mask and now you can see that they're kind of emaciated looking characters right but what does he do to one of them he blows that shit up blows him up (laughs) Batman yeah he doesn't put a knife in a leg nope he blows him up he has no idea if this is a living thing or not (laughs) and by their description they are living things and then in the cave when they are doing this mass attack he says, um, he goes, as far as I know, you know, I'm not even sure if they're human. Not sure. But I, he is slicing their heads off like he's Wonder Woman now. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you hopefully are a little more sure. Sounds like you made a little bit more of a definitive choice now. Yeah. He says, I'm not sure if they're human, but what I do know is that they can be destroyed. Yeah. Those yeah. Exact but, but I mean, I'm like. But that's not Batman. If he's not certain if something is a living thing or not, he'll he take wouldn't him down. go there. Now, I'm not saying he wouldn't break your arm, maybe even take an arm. Hey, you know that it'll stop you. You know. Yeah. But he's just slicing heads off. He's not just like gassing them or something. This you know? reminds me of, um, and I don't want to go too far off the point, um, but it reminds me of what was the uh, Superman, um, uh, Superman Batman Apocalypse? 
uh-huh. when when um the um Doomsday drones are coming in and they right. and they try to kill Doomsday. I'm trying remember, to remember this. Remember, remember when when um um Darkseid has sent a bunch of of um Doomsday clones to come after right. Kara, right? And Superman starts obliterating these things. That's like oh right 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 right. And yeah. you had the same kind of yeah, you know, the yeah. same kind of issue. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting how DC is kind of. You know, yeah, this our whole heroes thing. don't kill. Well, they do kill a lot, but we hope that they're not things that are alive. Right? We hope. <laughs> I mean, is, is a clone really alive? It's a clone. It doesn't have a soul. <laughs> I suppose not. I guess it's a redhead. <laughs> well, let's take the gamble. <laughs> yeah, that that was that's another thing that also got me. The one thing I hope is that maybe um, because I do agree that um, there is a sense of like un, um, there's no resolution with this with this film. Maybe it's part of maybe leading into another film. I suppose. I mean, and, and that's me stretching. I mean, and, and, and like, once again, I'll say it again. I, I did like the film. But these these things are definitely things that bother me. Maybe it's leading into another film. Like how this was connected to um, Son of Batman. Right. Yeah. You know, maybe it's leading into a third one. Yeah. Batman and Robin. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> death of Damien. <laughs> Mike, you have the copy of Blu-ray. And <laughs> the copy? He's the writer. <laughs> See the Blu-ray. You get three hours of additional bloody, gory scenes of when Batman's eating Damien's entrails. Oh, my God. <laughs> the whole movie is just multiple scenes in which Damien could possibly die. Oh, not could possibly. It's like Groundhog Day. <laughs> He's just popping back up. He's like Jesus. Wow. Without the three-day wait. <laughs> On that note. Uh, is there anything oh, else you guys wanted to add about the film? Yeah, um, just one other thing, like because again, it's just, it's bad plotting when you write it. When they're just like, yeah, the quarter owls they went away when you know some problem that we had surfaced and that it drove us underground for a while. And I'm like, what problem, problem do you have? You have undead killing machines. I'd like to hear more of that story. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, you know what it was? It was actually me. I showed up in a tank. Yeah. Well, no, see, I, I got kicked out of my place, so I needed a place to stay to crash, and they didn't want to let me crash, so they just pretended that they weren't there for, like, 20 years. Dude, you're Dominican. They knew the music was going to be loud and oh. all night long. <laughs> Listen, that's how I party, man. Every week's a baby shower. Anything else you want to add, Ralph, before we go to ratings? Um, I'm just still disappointed that Nightwing didn't live up to, you know, his mantle. I think that's going to hurt them on the rating. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely say that for sure. It's definitely gonna hurt them on the rating. Um, and let's get right to it. Ratings for Batman versus Robin. Ralph, I give it five. Why Nightwing? Why out of ten? You give it five out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I gave it a little bit higher than Ralph. That's that's interesting. I gave it six and a half. Pulsating hearts ripped out of doll maker's creepy ass body. Out of ten. <laughs> I feel like it was it was it was a lot more enjoyable than Son of Batman. But still had his issues. But I could like sit down and take my wife to watch it. You know, sit down and watch it, and she'd enjoy it, and wouldn't have to explain too much because you know it didn't make sense. Uh, <laughs> Mike, um, again, I thought the the story felt very hollow. Um, I, you know, it, you could feel like they took two very distinct storylines and did a poor job of combining them into what I found was a mediocre film. Uh, I thought the court was too easily dispatched to be considered threatening. Uh, instead of taking ownership of being a dad and spending time with his son in order to help him grow into a better man, um, the, by the way, that, resu- that quote-unquote resolution, he just sends him away. <laughs> you know, well, he once him, again... He lets him go. Well, he send, no, he sends him to that monastery. Remember? He tells him about he, it. He tells him about it. He doesn't send him because he... Oh, okay. That's he, right, let me that's tell, right. I want to tell you about this monastery. Oh, that's right. right. I forgot about that. Yeah. But, but either way, he doesn't take ownership of his son. Once again, he just lets him go. Um, it just felt... It was like... 
I, I just think that, you know, teenagers with anger issues and adults that just don't want to be bogged down with a solid plot and cohesive story, they're going to probably enjoy this film. But <laughs> I, I didn't think it was really good. I didn't think it was really bad. I just didn't find it really engaging. So I'm just going to give it a five. Someone please call child services on Wayne Manor out of 10. <laughs> Damn, you took my segue. <laughs> so, you know, it's like uh, what this movie really tells you is that if you want to become a somewhat more aware parent, I guess, in a little bit sense, you just need to have a psychedelic trip. So, I guess guess, so. go to South America, get some ayahuasca, have a vision quest, and you'll be a better parent, maybe. Wow. <laughs> so there you have it. Batman versus Robin. Cap's been taking notes on Ralph's suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, my parenting skills feel so much more secure now that I have to watch that film. That of the year right here. Shit up. <laughs> now we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, I was going to say, after we call ACS, but <laughs> now I'm going to say, after we go on this LSD trip. Yeah. <laughs> This is Black Doom, and I command all peasants to take delight in the three fools known as the Skipper, Mike of the Treasury, Ralph of Practical Science. But no one corrects Black Doom. I give you permission to address these lesser men on Facebook at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later, or on Twitter at Meanwhile 22. I will even allow you to view their website at Meanwhile 22pageslater.com and to show my benevolence I decree you shall listen to their podcast on iTunes for free and now you fools have my permission to continue We should just record the breaks from now on. Yeah, we should. It's probably more fun. Yeah, you know what's funny? When we start recording the breaks, it won't be as funny. As the, as no, the of course not. not. Of now you're under pressure. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But right. we did end up watching the Star Wars trailer, number yes. two. What did you guys, how did you guys feel about it? I enjoyed it. Again, I, mean, I mean, I actually thought it was better than the Superman Batman one, actually. I, I mean, it was, just, it was just more, I don't know, maybe it's because it was more fun, DC. Yeah. It, it, it actually had light on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I definitely will agree. I mean, it's funny because they they um they give a lot of nods to certain things, like when you saw the hand on top of um R two D two, right? You know, and you see the the girl with the lightsaber running down. You know, yeah. You, you, you start making guessing: is this so and so? Is this possibly so and so? And I mean, the thing is, it's like you know, you know, it's not like it's some obscure um, franchise. So you know, it's it, there's. You you can actually make valid comparisons, not so much between the characters per se, but between the the feel. Right. So it's like you know when I see the Millennium Falcon in, in that clip versus when I see Superman, I'm like, yeah, I was really much more excited seeing the Millennium. Falcon. And I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I enjoy it, but yeah. I'm not a huge Star Wars. Fan. I'm much more of a Superman Batman fan, and I was more excited to see Millennium Falcon. You know, to see the, the uh, Luke Skywalker's hand. Like I was actually far more excited to see that than to see the Batman suit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Don't know? forget the 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 end. Oh yeah, <laughs> Chewy, we're home. <laughs> Get my nurse. <laughs> Shit, isn't Chewy his nurse? <laughs> Someone, Chewy, why do you not have gray fur? <laughs> Someone has to change my catheter bag. <laughs> Grr, you're old. <laughs> Don't you know it's just for Wookie? <laughs> thank you, thank you. All right, we're back with the second half of the show, and now we're gonna talk about the net. And I can actually say this, the Marvel, a.k.a. Netflix hit series, Daredevil. Ooh. You want to know something about Daredevil? Go right ahead. He's never seen it. 
Oh, fuck. <laughs> I, I was gonna, uh. And that just fucked my segue up. <laughs> <laughs> and now with the synopsis out of that horrible joke, it's MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. <laughs> Alrighty, 1964 was a busy year for B-list characters at Marvel Comics. We had Scarlet Witch, Black Widow, Hawkeye, Wonder Man, and obviously Daredevil. The Man Without Fear was created by Stan Lee and Bill Everett of April of that year. Uh, the character was a young attorney named Matt Mur- Murdock, who was blinded in his youth by radioactive chemicals, which left him with extraordinarily heightened sentences. After a failed 2003 live-action film starring Ben Affleck, Yay. <laughs> that Cap owns 900 <laughs> copies of, including high-def Blu-ray Ultra 4K. It'll be valuable one day. You know, he has a signed copy next to his bed that he kisses every night before he goes to sleep. <laughs> Is it signed by the, the the district attorney? You're not allowed to show this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but after that failed attempt, the character was shelved despite growing comic book sales. In 2014, Netflix and Marvel announced a partnership to bring the blind hero of justice to the former uh, to the former self subscription based services. So now Netflix has it. All right, synopsis: Following bad parenting skills that would make Batman proud, battling <laughs> Jack Murdock enjoyed boozing up his preteen son Matt for medical assistance. An unfortunate accident took away young Matt's sight. Then a bad decision took uh, his father's life. Draped in the rough and dirty landscape of Hell's Kitchen that hasn't existed in more than 20 years, Matt takes to the street as a mass vigilante with the Energizer Bunny level of physical persistence. With more dead bodies than the aftermath of the Dominican Domino's tournament. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. That's a lot. And more blood spatter than a psychotic Jackson Pollock painting. This Daredevil is definitely not for the little ones to watch. Right. Now, quick list of people. We have Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock, Daredevil. Eldon Henson as Franklin Foggy Nelson. We have Deborah Ann Wall as Karen Page. Rosario Dawson as Claire Temple. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio as Wilson Fisk. Toby Leonard Moore as James Wesley. Uh, Vondi Curtis Hall as Ben Urich, Bob Gunton as Leland Owsley, uh, Wei Chung Ho as Madame Gao, and uh, Ailet Zura as Vanessa Mariana. All right. Good. Good job, Mike. All right. Daredevil Netflix series. Um, and like you said in the synopsis, definitely a different feel for Marvel. Oh, and, yeah. You know, where Marvel and, and Marvel has done things a little bit differently than DC mm-hmm. in regards to TV shows and movies. And well, these haven't done movies, but. Usually, they, I mean, I feel like Marvel's gone a little lighter, yeah. typically, and this is a step or two darker. Oh, this is gritty. This is freaking, this ain't your dad's daredevil. But, 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 I still find it brighter and more uplifting than Nolan's Batman. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I don't know about that. I mean, again, I'm not here to say it's a better story. I'm not arguing that. Well, I'm you're just saying, saying tone. Yeah, just the tone. I still find it more uplifting, oddly enough, than I found Nolan's Batman. Okay. Because yeah, it, it does end on a brighter note. Yeah. Damn, you're already spoiling the end. Oh, press the button, please. Warning, this segment well. contains spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. <laughs> you're not even denying that shit anymore. No. You're like, nope. Fuck, fuck it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. <laughs> All right, but so, so wow, you're saying it's, it's um, the tone of it is still more uplifting than than um, um, Nolan. Wow, interesting. I, I feel, it's, I mean, I find Nolan, he just really gets so like, and it's all shitty. <laughs> You're like, dude, come on. If that's the case, he wouldn't even be a crime fighter. Yeah. He would just kill himself. You know? No, there's like, you may have won, but you still lost. Now, it's funny because um, it's funny that we're talking about tone. Let me switch gears and talk about pacing. How did you feel? Because mind you, unlike, I mean, it, it, I guess you can kind of look at it like a movie because you could watch it all in once. Not one sitting. No, nah, you, you could. You wouldn't want you, to. But you know what I'm saying? It would take about, like, what, it's like, 13 to watch hours? The, into, huh? 
It'll take 13 hours. Hey, dude, I know people who stay in 21 hours in front of a video game. Yeah. No, that's true. And complete the game. So it's yeah. possible. I, I don't think any of us would do All it, right. but, you know. I mean, I watched it in three days. I watched yeah. uh, six episodes, four, and then the last three today. Yeah. Two days, motherfucker. No life. <laughs> Spring break, motherfucker. <laughs> so let me ask you, how did you feel? Because we talked about you feel the tone was more uplifting. How did you feel about the pacing? Because I feel like, I mean, my personal opinion, the pacing was, it was appropriate for what they were trying to do. But I feel like um, there were parts that really kind of felt, not heavy, but so drawn out and so long. And, yeah. and I'll say, and this is also, let me let me add, this is coming from a guy who just had a baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't get sleep, so. Poppy. Not, she's not talking yet. What the hell? No, no, no. <laughs> But, I mean, what I'm just trying to say is that I'm a little more tired, so maybe if I had more than six or seven hours of sleep at a, at, in a clip, maybe be able to watch it. But I felt like when things got slow, things got really slow and kind of pulled me away for a little bit. Well, you heard it here. Cap admit that he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> We've been telling you that for a year. Wow. Yes. <laughs> um, no, no. I mean, it. I know you particularly had a problem with the first episode you thought was slower moving. The first, I, the first four episodes. Oh, really? I didn't find, I, by any means, the first four had me in. I, I didn't find it that slow. I mean, the first one, you know, was that feel of a pilot, I felt, you know. Um, so it's that unsteadiness you get with a pilot. Mm-hmm. The next ones after that, I was fine with the next four after that. I was really good with. Um, but I did notice that the, uh, the pacing was a little bit... Um, it wasn't consistent. It, it did have its ups and downs, like like the cat was kind of saying that I had said even before we started the podcast that it's something that is unique to Netflix and now Hulu and all the places that do these uh, series that they show all at once is that if you tried to take these Daredevil episodes and put them in the exact same format, not change them for a weekly format, but put them on exactly the way they were, the show would flop somewhere around the middle because somewhere in the middle it got really slow mm-hmm. not bad doesn't mean the best no, 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 it was no, just slow yeah. that if this if you had to have to wait a week or especially if it was on like a spring break hiatus where you're waiting a month mm-hmm. you would have not been interested in the show you would have lost interest if you had that kind of timing but being able to watch more shows in a row helped so that's kind of i think a different pacing now that we're probably going to see with these kind of uh shows that are done at right. once and i was saying it's probably a conscious effort they probably said well you know because we're going to have everything on you know available to them let's pace it differently this way you know or, or you just have even if they don't choose to they just can do it you right. know, not saying they yeah. have because i mean you know you don't want something to be slow right but like i guess you know like again the way it's shown all at once you can have that and it hopefully doesn't ruin anything for anybody right you know? and let me ask a question to mr two days bitches <laughs> how did you feel about the pacing the first I mean, the first episode he grabs you you know then somewhere after that, it felt a little bit slow. And then for me, it felt like it picked up after the sixth episode when you start actually, well, actually it starts picking up after you start seeing Fisk. Because mm-hmm. like the first few episodes, they just refer to him as my employer. Right. They even say his name. It wasn't until like the third episode where they, someone says, one of the Russians says Fisk. Right. And right. he's like, do not refer to him as his name. And then it's like, oh, don't say his name. You know why he doesn't want to say his name? Because it give, grants him some power, like the devil or some shit or whatever. Right. Or, but after you actually see Wilson Fisk and you see Vincent D'Onofrio playing him and you start exploring that character a little bit, then it actually, for me, it felt like it was picking up. And then you see, because yeah. at one point you feel like, oh my God, you know, Fisk, Fisk feels like, <clears throat> like his world was spiraling for like a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then it seems like he grabs control and steadies it and he's, he's about to win. He's about to get everything that he's always wanted. Because yeah. he he was one step ahead of, of Murdoch when uh, 
when they tried to expose him and, and, and Ben Yurik was about to write the story. Now, well, I mean, just before past, though, I, mean, sure, I thought ahead, like, it slowed down, though. I mean, it had slower points, I think, in the first six, but I felt it really slowed down around, like, the eighth episode. It's right around where Murdoch is badly damaged and Foggy finds him. Yeah. That, I mean, it was interesting to see flashback, but that, that episode, episode, yeah, it was. It was yeah. so freaking slow. It was. <laughs> you know. Um, and even part of the pickup into the next episode kind of carried it. You know, it's funny. Him, that's you know? the episode I watched twice. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. You say that. I watched the episode twice. That, but I feel that that episode was important. No, it was very important. Oh, very important. It, shows, it shows the connection that uh, uh, Matt and Foggy have. Oh, together. well, I mean, again, you know, not to counter what I'm saying. I mean, as far as that episode was extremely slow. However, their momentary breakup as friends, mm-hmm. that actually, like, I actually kind of felt a tear well up. I mean, because their relationship, that's the, that's the thing. Uh, most of the acting is really on point. And, yes. And, and it's done really well. Their friendship, though, is spectacular. Like, they pick two really good actors, and they vibe off each other really well. So mm-hmm. that you really feel... It's kind of like how I said, like, uh, with Jesse L. Martin and... Um, and, and um, uh, what's the guy's name? From uh, The Flash. Yeah, from The What's the guy's name, though? I can't remember the name. What's The name? Flash's name? Cool. I don't remember. I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't think of the guy's name. But it's, it's like the interaction between them as, like, you know, father and uh, stepfather and son, or guardian and son, I should say. Like how it just feels so real. Like their friendship really felt real, right? You know? So I do like their interaction. I definitely do. Before I get into them, I want to, you know, let me let's ask about them first. I don't want to jump ahead to Fisk because I have a big. I don't know if it's an issue with Fisk, but that's just I mean, me. He's he's an odd character. We'll talk about that. Yeah, exactly. Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin. It was the GG, and I just could not think of his name. <laughs> he he's made to be a superhero. He's got, <laughs> he's got the alliteration thing going exactly. on. Exactly. Um. So how did how did you feel about Charlie Cox's portrayal of Daredevil, a- aka Matt Murdock? I liked it. Yeah, it was, I liked him in and out of the costume. Yeah, it was, it was. He was really good. And what's cool is that when he's portraying Matt Murdock. You don't see like the muscular, you know. Cause, right. Well, cause, he's got a thin cut anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, when he's playing, uh, I guess the man in the mask, so they're, they're referred to him. Right. He's wearing those tight shirts. So you actually see like the muscle and, right. and, and everything. And when he wears the suit or just a regular shirt, it doesn't really show. And you just, you, you, you get the vision of him just like a regular, another regular blind guy. You would never see right. this guy, even if you saw him like do some crazy stuff. You say, no, nah, no, nah, that can't be Matt. Right. Matt, there's no way Matt's the daredevil. Yeah. Right. He almost looks like uh, he almost looks so slim. He looks like old school Cyclops. Yeah, <laughs> like, like actually, Cyclops. Yeah, really does. But, but now you were you the one that had a problem, Cap, with the voice? Um, his voice as Daredevil. Somebody, I, I just trying he, to look at, he, oh, he, not me, not me. What's crazy? He doesn't really change the voice. No, I mean, no, and I like that because that's believable. I mean, I get the whole you know why Batman does that. I mean, you know, it's it's just too far for him, but. I, I like the believability. It's like, look, I, I'm fighting crime. I don't have the time to sit there and go, oh, let me modulate my voice a little bit. It's like, dude, I'm in the middle of trying to just save lives right. and make the city better. Right. I don't have time for fancy guys. Like, if you're telling me it's something built into my costume that's modulated my voice, fine. Yeah. But other than that, it's just, I, first of all, what am I talking about? If I kick you in, as a, if I'm kicking you in the face, what question do I have to ask? What's, what's, does it hurt? Does it hurt? Does it hurt? Right. <laughs> what's interesting is all the, the, the times that he does speak with like someone, it's from a distance. Right. So you can't really, even if you would recognize his voice, it's too far away to really say for certainty that right. that it was Matt. Well, also, yeah. at no point, I mean, you know, granted, we know we're watching a superhero world, but at no point I'm going to be like, damn, that guy just, I mean, he just wasted my ass up and down the runway. But I swear, that sounds like Matt Murdock. Yeah. I'm sure it's believable that a blind guy that just kicked my ass, it's like, even if you kind of knew that that voice sounded familiar, you'd just be like, and that's the other thing, too. He doesn't have a distinctive voice either. Yeah. You know, he doesn't have some weird accent, you know, and he's not trying to do a voice. And 
I, I just really liked him as a character, but I, I can't think of who it was that I was talking to that just was me. saying that um, that they thought that the he they they thought his voice was too light as Daredevil. Oh no, that wasn't me. And I mean, you know, and yeah. I just I had no problem with it. Though. My, my issue with Daredevil, my only issue with with um, Charlie Cox's portrayal or the writers or the director, is when Matt Murdock would interact with somebody, and he would look in their direction almost like he he can see them. And mind you, yes, we understand he has the radar sense and that, that he has this heightened sense where he can tell what things are. But I, I had an issue with their definition or their portrayal of how blind he is. Because I'm thinking if you're a superhero and you have these heightened senses and you want to put more of a show in front of people, you know, you would act like you maybe a little bit more blinded yeah. than what you lead on to. But, I, but if you notice that towards uh, the end of the run of the show, he did start... Um, not turning completely towards people. I think yeah. it was just a direction thing that probably as an actor, maybe he just kept forgetting that I can actually see, of course, yeah. the people I'm with. Um, but, cause he, but he was consistent about his handshake. Yeah, He yeah. would just kind of put it out there. And then know. people would have to guide their hands towards you know, him. That kind of thing. But like, if you think about it, it probably did have to get him... He would probably have to get some getting used to it because he wasn't wearing um, cataract contact lenses. Right. He was, his eyes were just normal. Right. So. Yeah. Well, but you know, I feel like that they—you didn't have to wear the cataract contacts. I, well, I, I like mean, that. you're an actor; you're supposed to be able to act like you're blind. Well, in, in, uh, <laughs> yeah. in Daredevil, in the original, the, in movie, the movie Daredevil, yeah, Ben Affleck wore cataract contact lenses. No, no, I agree, and, and and Stick in this one wore the cataract contact. Yeah. Well, lenses. all the blind people except for Daredevil, right? But it's like, okay, you know, I I, I kind of like that his, his was a little bit different. Which, by the way, if um you and Gigi brought this up when we went to lunch the other day, right? About the idea of, you know, yeah, you got splashed with chemicals, but your eyes are perfectly okay. Yeah. <laughs> Those are good chemicals. Yeah. <laughs> Visine, <was> radioactive. <laughs> they were preservatives. <laughs> but that's the only issue I really had with um, Matt Murdock. The fact that you, I mean, the first five episodes, I was like, wonder, I, was, I started to almost think, and mind you, this is also with somebody with two hours of sleep. I'm like, did I miss something? Is he just colorblind? <laughs> because he's just turning and talking to people and looking in a direction like what the fuck well, I mean cool? I mean looking in their general direction would be fine because I mean he's not deaf yeah. no, no, he's not deaf <laughs> you know? he's not deaf but it's still it, it, the way because there's a way people portray turning in somebody's direction when you're blind well stick I mean, yeah. who's a much more veteran actor as well. I mean, mm-hmm. he he was much more convincing. Like when he was pulling back on the bow and arrow, he was nowhere looking even at his target. Nope. Yeah. Right. He, he had yeah. his ear towards it, right? Exactly, his ear towards it, and then just looking off into space while he's pulling, you know, pulling the arrow. Um, my thing was, and uh, I actually watched the first uh, four episodes with uh, former guests Jazz and Patrick. Shout out to J- Jazz and Patrick. Um, that uh, and I kept saying the whole time, I'm just like the only thing I hated. And I hated it even all the way through. Is I want to see the radar sense active. I I did not like the fact that we had to like it's like he had to go look slightly in a direction for us to go. Okay, he's sensing something. I, I mean, in this day and age, I wanted to see an effect, and I didn't want the um, the Daredevil movie effect because they didn't establish that as a sound thing. It's not a, a pure echolocation. Yeah. He's they did it much more as far as the idea of his power. It's much more like the comics that he's emitting almost like a, a radar field where he sees in general mm-hmm. and concentrates more to get specific areas yeah. or something like that, you know. The the way they explain it in, in the series, he says that because his senses are heightened, he gets all that information together and his mind creates an image for him. Right. And that's why he says... Uh, he says he looks like everything's on fire. Yeah, the world on fire. With that, when he's telling Rosario Dawson's character, right. 
and he actually looks at her when that's the first time that right. we actually, we see, well, first, first and only, only time right. that but, we see But her. that ruined it, though, because her image was so flickering in and out yeah. that I'm like, but then he'll later on go, I'm in, he's standing in a room when he's trying to save that uh, Russian guy. Well, there's a half a box of nails. I'm like, there's no way in the world with the vision that we saw that you could tell there's a half a box of nails. Like, mm-hmm. there's no way you could have counted it and counted it so rapidly. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? That his flickering image wouldn't constitute this pinpoint accuracy of detail that he's able to react to. It doesn't make any sense. Unless Matt Murdock is Rain Man. <laughs> I guess, I guess. But it was just other stuff. I mean, the fact that he can sense, like, the tip of a point. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, again, it's cool they try to give us an image. I really would rather have just had, like, the old school comic. I mean, just done well, where, like, they could have just kept him in normal color and made the other, like, kind of a, like a, a reddish color with, like, kind of, like, lines of pulsating out from him yeah and just give me much more like maybe more shadow images or something i mean just some kind of cool effect. i would have been happier with that and only had to do that when he was fighting i mean we would have understood doing that all the time but for right. fight scenes i think that would have been really cool okay. that's my opinion or you, you know? yeah especially like in, in situations where like someone's throwing something at him right and then he uses that he senses it and he, he sees it in that yeah vision whatever that, that he sees it in yeah that would have been cool to see. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you know, thinking about that, because um, you know, there when uh, um, when Stick was training him, right. right, that scene, and they're talking about the people around, and they're like, uh, "That girl over there, there's something wrong with her." He's like, "Oh yeah, she has a broken heart." Whatever, like she's sad. She's in love. Right. Yeah, she's in love. In love. Yeah. In love yeah. Could you imagine him as a doctor? It's just like he walks into a room. Okay, yep, you got herpes. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, I mean, it was the, when he was talking about the old guy, and he's just like, I mean, as a kid, remember, he yeah, has yeah. no medical knowledge. He's just like, he's dying. And I'm like, okay, I mean, cool effect. I mean, cool idea for the story, but how do you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, what do you base this off? How That's, many dead people have you been around? I was like, could you imagine, like, like a, him as a doctor, you walked into a room, say, all right, you got cancer. He just walks into the waiting room, all right, you got cancer, you have a cold sore. <laughs> You gotta stop sticking things up your butt. <laughs> yeah. You, ma'am, stop sucking so much dick. Nurse, mm-hmm. get get paid from that, eight, that patient right away. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> let, let me ask you this. Um, I mean, I, you, you touched on the whole Foggy thing. Great, great um, selection of character for, yeah. for Foggy. The guy who plays Foggy, fantastic actor. It, 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 they work well together. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the selection of? I won't say the Rogues Gallery, but the villains that um, Daredevil had to face. How did uh, you feel about that? You mean like from minor criminal all the way up? Right. Um, I, th- I thought they were all a lot of fun. I mean, I, I, they, you know, the treatment of all the characters was just so freaking grisly. Um, <laughs> they all didn't end really well. Yeah. Um, but um, no, I had no problem with them. The Fist character will get again back to him because he's just he's That's an gonna... unusual character the way they had him that he wasn't like the, the two-dimensional character that we're used to of Fist. Yeah. And there's some pros and cons there, but um, otherwise, I I enjoyed his villains. I had no problem with them. So, so you had no problem with no. Um, I'm trying to think of it. If, if they didn't throw in a bullseye or didn't throw in a uh, no, they, they didn't need a, a typhoid. It would, it would be too, too early. Soon. Yeah, it's just it's too soon. Okay. For me, anyhow, it would have yeah. been like it, it would have felt like they were doing the Gotham thing. Let's gonna... get them all in. Let's get them all in because we might not have another chance. What, like, was, what was the name of the Japanese guy? Nobu. 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 Yeah. yeah. He was when he came out with his ninja costume. Mm-hmm. That was that was an epic fight. No, it was a really good fight. Now, that was the only thing, too. Now, the fights were great. Yeah. I mean, they were yes. great. But by the end, and maybe this, this is a problem of binge-watching, because I have never binge-watched anything like to that degree uh, that I did in the last three days, um, or in three days watching, I should say. Um, fight scenes were cool, but then they started to feel repetitive. 
Yeah. And, and again, they still were cool, but it was just like, oh, you've done that twisty turn thing, like, you know, out of 10 episodes, 13 times. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, like, like, it was just because, again, like, you don't have that week to week with a little time off. So it started feeling like, yeah, it's going to be a good fight scene, but I've kind of already seen it. Right. You know? Well, I thought it was funny when uh, uh, when he takes down Vladimir, right? And mm-hmm. then the cops come and he actually goes down. And he's like, all right, he gets he lets himself get handcuffed. And then he hears, okay, these cops are dirty. He's like, all right. Dirty green light. I can beat the crap out of them. <laughs> Fuck that shit. You ain't going to catch me, dirty copper. But yeah. if you were a good copper, maybe I would have stopped. Well, he yeah. still had to go either way. But, yeah. you know, he, he maybe would have taken him down a little bit gently. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I definitely feel like, I mean, going going back to not only the villains, but just pacing in general. I think um, the way they, they fleshed out the rest of the castle that you cared about people. Yeah. But I also wanted to ask you, what did you think about the like how you asked about the villains and the people they got to play? How did you feel about the casting choices? For the non-villain characters, I I I, I like them. I, I like Ben Yurik. I like Ben Yurik a lot. I did not really. It's not the actress. Her acting is fine. I don't like the character of Karen Page. Oh, Karen Page. Yeah. I, I but, really. No, I just. I know. I mean, again, the actress was fine. It's not yeah. any about her ability. I don't like the character, um, and I also don't like the like pairing wise. She's so like vanilla yogurt to <laughs> to Rosario Dawson's Claire Temple. Okay, I see. Because, because again, it's just kind of like dealing with Arrow where you have, uh, you know, Laurel Lance and stuff like that, that they have to eventually get together unless you're yeah. changing the mythology. Karen Page and Daredevil at some point will be together. I mean, granted, their relationship eventually ends, I, but they I, are to be together. I was actually hoping for her and Foggy to get together. And well, then when I saw Foggy... It, it makes more sense. Yeah. You know, like they're much more compatible and so was Claire Temple to the Daredevil character. But yeah. I just don't like that because it's there's nothing about them. It just feels so... Bland. I think in that case, you know? I'll agree with you. I mean, I like I like Karen Page. Not only the actress, I love that actress. Um, but I mean, the character wasn't bad. Especially, Jessica. <laughs> we stop with the True Blood stuff. <laughs> but um, I feel I think in comparison, when she's with Matt, there's not that. There's not. She, there's she, no she, chemistry. There's not. There's none. But when she's with Foggy, yeah. there's tons of chemistry. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I don't mean just in a writing point of view. I mean I'm talking oh, just about like, from character, like yeah, actor to actor. Right. There is no chemistry between the two. But I do see that chemistry between Charlie Cox and Rosario Dawson. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, just, so I didn't like with the end where it's definitely hinted that there might be a love interest there. I was, I was like, surprised that they were really? going to go there Out of with the that. Blue? I was know? very surprised they were going to do that, even though they've kind of nudged hints, like she yeah. bought him the balloon when he was right. when he was fucked up, and you know, I, they've hinted at it. But I was hoping that it was one of those things like a misdirect, right? And maybe it's another misdirection, right? I mean, because the, the old lady did say at the end, you know, but before she died, <laughs> you know, that Foggy Nelson, he's a good guy. Well, that's the thing too, and you could see though in Karen's face that she doesn't. She doesn't seem to want to be interested in Foggy that way. But then, you know, she's playing that game. Now, granted, you know, this isn't one of she's these. She's a woman. Yeah. Well, this isn't like an ABC program where like, okay, let's keep the characters nice and true to life. You know, not true to life, but uh, true to morals that we want on TV. You know, there are people that just string guys along or and guys that string girls along. I mean, that's right. just some people are just like, oh, you know, I'm not really into them, but eh, they treat me nice. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I know I found Karen's character annoying. Annoying. Wow. In the beginning, I found her very annoying. Cause like it's like towards uh, towards the middle too. Cause when like she was so persistent, like people kept telling her, "Listen, if you keep doing this, people are gonna die. I don't care. This has to get out." She's got a very deep voice. Your friends, <laughs> your friends are gonna die. <laughs> I don't care. This has to get out. Ben Urich just got killed. I don't care. <laughs> this has to get out. 
We're yeah. gonna shoot Murdoch. Yeah, but I don't care. But I think the fact that you know that they, they were they were about to dispatch her from the beginning. She you know yeah. she's been a target. She's like fuck this. I got to take this out not only because it's gonna benefit everybody else, but it's gonna benefit me as well. Right. And but, I think a little bit of that though is also now this is possibly the actress or it's possibly the direction. I don't know which side to say for this one. Her determination was fine. I mean, because you get a blindsided determination. Not everyone makes the best decision. That's fine. But she didn't come across as that kind of a person. Okay. And she kept doing these decisions. But, you know, I mean, it's right up there with like, you know, and granted, there's all kinds of people that do all kinds of situations. But again, when you're dealing with movies, films, books, you need a certain amount of stereotype to make a character understandable. Right. Otherwise, they didn't see like, like, it would just be like, you know, someone that's like, Oh, you know, you should cut their balls off and feed it to the dog. You'd be like, that doesn't sound like a villain. Like, right. you want your villain to be like, cut their balls off and feed them to the dog. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's like her determination, she just seemed, again, too, like, weak-willed. But yet, like you said, she had this dog determination. that was. She seemed like a kind of person that wouldn't be like, wow, friends are dying. Let's stop this. That's the kind of person she seemed like, but she wasn't. And it kind of didn't fit the way she was portraying the character. Hmm, yeah. Okay, interesting. I mean, I mean, I, I felt I felt quite the um like actually she she was weak willed in that way, but she was still turning around and saying, "Well, because they died, we can't have them die in vain." Right? You know that you know because um Ms. What do they call her? Ms. Carnitas. Ms. <laughs> Cardenas, when she died, you know she can't die in vain. Otherwise, she died for nothing. So I think you know actually she you know she would was a little bit stronger for that. It was annoying, but I think she was trying to. Right. She, I think the fact they kept driving the same point home right. that yeah. was annoying. I, one of the things I did like uh, was Foggy's character. Mm-hmm. He, um, when they're going to the law firm to talk to uh, his ex girlfriend, right. which he doesn't know at the time, and then he sees her, and he's telling Karen, he's like, "Oh my God, you know that's my. Ex, uh, let's pretend we don't see her. That's my ex girlfriend." And then they, he sees her, and then she's like, "Oh, you're here. You're here to see me." Before, like he was nervous, and then when he starts talking to her, all his freaking nerves just like seem to go out the window, and he becomes this strong, confident lawyer, right. and, he, and he tells her off, and then when he's walking away, he's like, oh, quick, let's get the fuck out of here before <laughs> my balls fucking drop off. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, what I liked about the character is that they developed him into more than just the, I'm the useless sidekick. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that, like, when, when Karen was about to be beaten up, you oh, know, yeah. like, you knew right away in your mind, oh, that's Daredevil, he's saving her, and it's like, oh, wait, that's Foggy with a bat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was cool, because it's like, yes, good. I mean, yes, he's not, like, you know... Um, you know, he's not Jason Bourne, obviously, but it's nice that he's not like I could never do anything. I could never lift up an arm, to, you know, defend yeah. myself. Yeah. So it was a, he was a very believable person. I liked him as a as a character that yeah. way. He had the bat and the ball, exactly. Yeah, you know, but I didn't <laughs> and, understand that part. And making a segue, uh, it's something that you said from a while. So it's not really a segue, but I'm gonna pull something you said. You said there's something about um, keeping a particular piece of a stereotype. So that to make the character a little bit believable. In other words, when there's a villain, you want them to have a menacing sound. Right. Or, or something. Anyway. I'm going to pull that into the Fisk conversation now. How did you feel about Vincent D'Onofrio or the direction of Wilson Fisk in, in Daredevil? It, it almost um, You ever seen uh, Vincent D'Onofrio in um, Law & Order Criminal Intent? Of course I have. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, I love Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> I'm, I'm always hit or miss with Vincent D'Onofrio. Wow, okay. Yeah. It, it almost... He... It sounded like he was doing a more evil version of his uh, Gor- what is it? Uh, Detective Gorin. Uh, Gorin. Well, that's the way he acts. He his yeah. pausing is. I, I met somebody that actually had to do a scene with him on Law and Order: Criminal Intent, and you know, like, and, and this is not going to be dead air for you people out there. Uh, <laughs> it would just be like, well, I 
feel that this is the way and you're just like so a friend of mine that had been you know he had a small part with him and he like interjected he was like you know your line is so and so and he was you know first of all my, my friend was no he's no big name i mean he's nobody doing a small scene and vincent alfie was like i know my line it's the way I, you know, he's like, that's the way I, act. and I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. And that's, that's just the way he acts. Like that kind of hesitation is Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, you know? it worked for me. Like he, he it worked most of the time. For it me. worked for me. It's, I mean, again, it's cool that he wasn't two dimensional. Yeah. I, I did like true, the fact that he true. wasn't just, I'm just, it wasn't a, a cartoon ass, character. Right. Or I'm, I'm just Wilson Fisk and this is just what I do. And I'm badass. It's the side of him that was. That was supposed to make us, I guess, sympathize with him a little bit more. It was just weird, like it, and I can't put my finger on what I found weird about it. It's, it's, I just it was like, almost like he was like, like, like multiple personalities or something like that. Because like, okay. like there are times when he's, there's a difference between um, trying to downplay yourself. Like in other words, I'm a badass, and I mean, because obviously he was. I mean, he is the kingpin, which they only referenced once, which was funny, like. Mm-hmm. Um, in that name, but he is the kingpin. He is guiding stuff, even if people don't realize it a lot of times, or even if he's caught unawares, he's trying to make up for time and, and to get ahead again. I understand that you don't want your people to think, gosh, he's probably on the ball. You want them to maybe, you know, if to see, in other words, you want to see what kind of people you're dealing with. So I'm going to let you think I'm more vulnerable than I am. I get that philosophy mm-hmm. to then trick somebody. But but things that didn't matter, like things that someone didn't see, like when uh, like sometimes he would get slightly chastised by Madame Gao, yeah, and you saw him kind of like trembling, like almost like a little boy, mm-hmm. yeah. And then you realize there's something about his his childhood, but it's just it was a little too frail, yeah. It just kind of you know a little too frail, a little too I I don't know how to put it. It's just something that. It just didn't work with me. It, it, it didn't make him an effective villain all the time. I think, and I'm not saying this is what you, what, this is completing your sentence, but I feel the way I feel the way, um, how, I can't even speak English right now. <laughs> no, nothing new. Um, Use your words. I, come on. Shit it. <laughs> there we go. That kickstart me. Um, what it is about it is that even though he wasn't two dimensional. The thing about when they do two-dimensional Kingpin is that there's some something menacing about him, right. something very strong about him. And even if he's vulnerable, he's still strong in being vulnerable. Right. Still, he's still like, wow, you caught me out there? Now I'm going to fucking kill you. Right. Where before, where now it just seems like he cowers a little bit or becomes a little... like, And, and then pounces. Yeah. Right. Which, which is, of course, they do explain that that is from his childhood because that is what happened. He cowers and pounces. And I get that. It just doesn't make him very effective as the kingpin to me. Right. Yeah. Um, I found I found Wesley to be far more menacing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Tell that to uh, Vladimir's brother. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's that too. You know. I'm sure he he'll get ahead in life. Ah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Vladimir's brother, you know, Anatoly, he's a headbanger. Ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that, there was some, some gruesome scenes in that. By the way, that's a lot what? of gruesome going on in that. One of my coworkers asked me, "Oh, can I watch this with my son?" And then the, just this, this, that scene with the door popped into my head, and I'm like, hmm. Well, you don't really see it happening, but you see the blood. And you hear it. And yeah. you hear it. So you might not. How old is your son? <laughs> Six? Yeah. Oh, he's probably yeah. not oh, ready God, for that. I, I already know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there's, no, there's no reason. He's probably for that. not ready for that. Oh, yeah. my there's God. no reason for that one. You can wait. <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, for me, I, I wanted the build up to. I mean, if you're going to have Kingpin, have Kingpin be Kingpin. And I think because they, may, I mean, the storytelling was great, 
But I think because, like you said, he was frail and also that he wasn't that strong when they led up to him, I felt like I, I wanted more from Kingpin. Yeah. I wanted, and not that he didn't give us enough acting, but I wanted the direction to kind of shift. And maybe that he was frail then, right. and then after maybe something happens to Vanessa, he right. becomes really fucking like Right, and he did, he did get more ruthless, more actively ruthless, but still, you know, I mean, like, but for instance, I love when he attacked Ben York. Oh yeah, that was just like because he literally lunged at him. I was just like, "Wow!" He (laughs) said, "No, I'm not gonna send someone to kill you. I'm going to kill you." (laughs) And he just jumps in and strangles the shit out of him. And like I said, I mean, without giving away like every little detail, I mean, I did like the fact because again, I'm very big on villains being cleaned up as much as possible. It doesn't mean a villain has to be dead, or you know, it just means end that reign and move on to something else. They can come back at another time. So I am glad that we kind of cleared up for the most part. You know, the whole this part of the storyline because it leaves us free now for a fresher part of the storyline like you know who's going to pick up here or who's going to do what there and I, I like that yeah. I was kind of hoping it wasn't just going to be empty like oh well like, like left like left um, open ended yeah. for like an, a, yeah. a next adventure tune in next year and we'll see what happens <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you think about um, Vanessa Fisk or Vanessa what was her name uh, Vanessa Mariano Mariano and then her picking out the iconic gray suit for him well his suit isn't gray his suit is what he made fun of. Remember when he meets her at the art gallery and she's talking about how like some guy tried to pick her up, and he was like, "What was he wearing?" He was he's like some he didn't use douchebag, but he's like basically like was it some douche in a all white suit and an ascot? All oh, right, that right, was his suit. Right. It was always an all white suit with an ascot. Uh, <laughs> you know why did I think gray? Oh, uh, because it just I mean, because you wouldn't wear an all white suit, especially a man that size. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you just wouldn't do it. You know, I don't know. I think there was there might have been one where I saw. Uh, Kingpin with a gray suit. That probably has. Yeah, yeah possibly. Probably people I, that I are trying think, to update him out of it. I always think of white, though. I always think of white with Kingpin, yeah. the white suit. Yeah. But, the, um, the pink ascot, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, you did learn something about uh, therapy that if you ever want to get over your daddy issues, you just need some good sex. I suppose so. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> How did you feel about when... With your daddy? <laughs> well, no, not with your uh, daddy. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> gong, gong, please. That was a gong. There we go. Thank you. How did you skip that one? That shit was gong right at the end. I got over one daddy issue, now I got another one. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the daddy telling you that now. <laughs> How did you guys feel about... Thank you. How did you guys feel about um, the time that they chose to reveal the actual Daredevil costume? Um, I knew it would not show up until the end of the last episode. I mean, there's no reason for it to, you know. And it's just the whole story. The whole first season is an origin story. Yeah. So. yeah. so, I mean, I had no problem with that one. I, I love the master that never comes off. <laughs> like, I mean, it's basically just a stocking around your head. I'm like, no one could pull that damn thing off. <laughs> I wonder how, if it was like more see-through and like they might have done something to it. Cause well, there were times when you could actually see through the master pen and light hit it. I mean, it's. I mean, it's not meant to make him blind. I mean, it's just meant so that you know, so that he can't be seen. And also, I guess the fact that it's covering the eyes, it does add kind of a menacing thing to a person that you're fighting. Like, yeah. he shouldn't be able to see me. <laughs> you can't see it to his... Look into my eyes if you want to kill me. Okay. <laughs> I can't see your eyes. Take your mask off. No. And I'll tell you this much. The Daredevil costume is way better than the costume in the movie. Oh. In the movie, I felt like it, it was... I mean, I felt like the, the top part was, was not as good as the bottom part. Right. No, this costume is just right on, and the, and the even the face mask looked fantastic. You know, yes. with the with the red eye pieces and stuff like that. There's no red leather here, all right. So no S and M for this guy. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just looked really, really cool. Even yeah. with I mean, with his um, 
I guess his clubs yeah. you would call them his Billy clubs his Billy clubs it just it looked really really cool when yeah. they finally did reveal it yeah. it's definitely worth the wait it was yeah. definitely worth the kind of you know because mind you I'm somebody I'm a big fan of I like to see the costume you know it's almost like with the Incredible Hulk you wait to see the Hulk you don't want to see two hours of Bruce Banner you want to see the Hulk right. yeah. so when you see it, it's like make it good and they made it well they, 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 no, they, they did a great job um I want to lead back though uh, to some other part. Like now, we were making fun of it in the uh, our synopsis just moments ago of Batman versus Robin. But I mean, as much as I love the show, the punishment that he took and would be up and around the next day yep. with a slight. <laughs> I'm like, and he wasn't like he. It wasn't like they said that he can meditate and heal. It, they just said you heal a little faster, mm-hmm. and even he made that very clear. But it's like, dude, you're getting like punctured all over the place. I'm like, there is no way and. Oh, when Fisk wailed on him. Yes. I mean, there's no way that he's not broken. I'm not saying that he would be dead, but his face, I mean, they had they kept the skin red like it was, but I'm like, your jaw would be broken. You got to have at least a skull fracture. Yeah, somewhere. I mean, yeah. everything. I mean, he's pounding both fists at his chest and face. Mm-hmm. I mean, crack every rib. I'm like, and you know, again, it's comic book violence, but you're like, it's again one of those times where I say, you gotta pull back on the amount of damage to make it still seem slightly believable. Because after a while, it's like, well, how are you getting around? You know, because it's not like he just gets in a car and drives off. It's like he's backflipping and parkouring all over the city. Yep. So I'm like, you you have to be at your peak of physical condition to do everything you do, and yet you're like punctured in the liver. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Actually, let me tell you a secret. No, most people don't know. After the invasion in the Avengers. There were small warp zones that were created. Oh boy! So you can actually like end up in one place and take a small wormhole to another place downtown. So you're saying he has worms? Yes. Ah. And welcome to another episode of Ralph Explains It All. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I said to um, I think I actually said to Patrick and Jazz. I said the what would have helped. And again, they don't have to. I I don't want a Wolverine, but they should have just said like you know maybe the chemical also it helps me heal a little faster. And maybe it, 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 makes me it a accelerates little stronger. It a little, yeah. And also, you know, I granted you want him to still be kind of an average man, but that's the whole thing. If he's any man, he couldn't have taken that kind of punishment. You know, like maybe for one fight to say I drag through just to beat the enemy, but you're like day after day. Like you might take one and a half days off. No, <laughs> and then, then that's after already being stabbed yeah. deeply yeah. in the abdomen. Yeah. That's what I say. I'm like, you know, again, loved it, but I was like, come on, that amount of damage he's taking is amazing. In my head, I just see them, um, him and Foggy up, and the next morning, hey, uh, Matt, you okay? No, I'm okay. Why do you say that? Because you're bleeding out of this position. It's <laughs> okay. That's just from my lip. No, you're bleeding from your ear. <laughs> Shoot. I loved a lot of this stuff. Now, um, were you about to say something? No, no, go ahead. No, I was about to say now, there's a ton of them. I would say actually 99% of them I actually saw as it was going on. Some of them I looked up, but. Uh, how about those Easter eggs? Oh, you yeah. see a lot of them. I've, yep. I mean, like I said, there's caught, a lot I, of them. I, two hours of sleep, so I caught a couple, but you probably caught way more. So well, please, the first, the first big one is: Did everybody see Stanley? Yes. No, uh, you didn't see Stanley. He is not seen until the last episode. And where is he? Where was he? Shit! Now you. No, he it. wasn't on the can. <laughs> <laughs> where was he? There, Stanley is in the police station. He is in a photograph. 
All right. Behind the dust sergeant. He is not actually that, physically in the show. Wow. Yeah, but he is, and they don't even pull in on it hard, but you can clearly see it's Stanley. Stan yeah. yeah. So that is that that's Stanley getting into his production there. You know? Okay, good. There's a lot of there's a lot of really, really cool things. I mean, beyond the obvious, I mean they made tons of reference to the Avengers. That, that Battle of New York. So yeah. you know, right. you know, so they kept that going. Oh that I heard, yeah. yeah. Now this is gonna be a little bit more obscure. You're definitely out of the running for this one, Cap. Do you know the only shield, the only definitive shield reference they made that doesn't reference shield, but it references the episode? I mean, represents the series. It's it's really obscure. It's really obscure. I'm not going to let you beat your head on it. Um, St. Agnes Orphanage. Oh, yeah. That's where Sky, Sky was yep. also an orphanage yep. there, and that's where Matt Murdock oh, wow. was put. Oh, wow. Okay. So that ties those two series in together, not just the worlds, but the actual series. Wow. There has been whisper out there that that, that uh, there might be some kind of a Daredevil shield like crossover ish kind of thing. I don't know to what degree, just rumor, you know. That would be cool. Um, fighting posters, battling Jack Murdoch versus Carl Crusher Creel, who is also known as The Crusher? Abs- absorbing nope. Man. The Absorbing Man, oh. who also was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as The Absorbing Man at yeah. some point. Okay, I didn't see you that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. Uh, um, oh, College Girlfriend. Oh, yeah, Electra. That Greek girl. That Greek girl. Never by name. Just yeah. that Greek girl that you <laughs> dated for a little bit. Ah, you know? nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, now here's a here's one staring you in the face. Uh, Melvin Potter. Yeah, Melvin he Potter. Crea- he created the suit for Daredevil and Wilson right. Fisk. He and he was a uh, like he was really good as a sewer, but he actually used to be a villain in the Daredevil world called Gladiator. And that was a nod is why they, they he like when he threw like the the buzz saw at him right because his costume had like the buzz saws at the gauntlet area stuff like that that would rotate okay. so he's one of those characters and he also had like a really like you know hard to, to get through armor on his body and stuff like that okay but in his workshop at one point where it's it's when he was in there not when Matt was just wandering around when he was it's actually I think that same scene where he's walking through but Matt's already in there he doesn't realize it yet he walks through and you see and you can see it clearly there are these big metal legs I mean like. I would say like they're twice as high as any human legs should be. And those are the legs of Stiltman, who okay. is one of the most horrible but persistent Daredevil villains. Wow. You know? Stiltman. Oh, my Stiltman. God. Yeah. There's just a, you know, stuff like that was going on. We saw um, Nobu. He's dressed in red. So that right. meant he was a member of The Hand. The Hand. The hand. Yep. And also, interesting enough, Kaigen Nobu Yoshioko, which is Nobu's actual name, he is the founder of The Hand, which, of course, they probably won't have that be the case here. But well, that's where the character would actually have come from. Well, Stick does say that whatever he's when he's talking to Matt, he's like, "Well, whatever he's calling himself now." Oh, okay. To assume he's assuming that Nobu has been alive for a long time. Okay. Damn it! I have to watch this series again yeah. and put the baby to sleep, <laughs> <laughs> or keep her asleep. Damn it! <laughs> stop! Stop! That's like my life now. <laughs> okay. Here's a fun one. Do you remember the name of the um, the place across? Did you ever notice the name of the place across from their office? Is it big capital letters? It was some kind of insurance place. No, no I mean no. investment place. No, Atlas, A T L A S. Atlas was the name of, of the, the comics? comics place before Marvel changed the right. name to Marvel. Oh, okay. You know, so you got little things like that. Um, trying to think. Oh, uh, the truck that overturned that had the chemicals in it was from the Rand Corporation. Rand, Rand, Rand. As in Danny Rand. As, as in, in Iron, Iron Fist. Fist. Okay. Danny Rand's, yeah, that would be his parents, company. Yeah, yeah, that would be his parents' company. Well by that done. Yeah. Wow. Because right. nice the thing is, I love Iron Fist a lot. And there's a lot of Iron Fist in this. There's a lot of potential and more than probably potential. I mean, even though it's not in the Netflix upcoming stuff, 
they've got to have some plans because they threw a lot of Iron Man in here. Iron I mean, not Fist Iron Man, Fist. Iron Fist in here. When, um, uh, when is the Iron Fist series? It's the There's third. It's the third one. No, no, it's not. It, um, it's not going to be an Iron Fist series, but being that they're going to have Luke Cage. Oh, and he's closely associated to. You would think, but there is still no mention of Iron Fist. Well, I think you know. I, I'm, yeah. I mean, they, they might film in there. Yeah, yeah I'm they're not do like a Heroes for Hire thing. I don't know because again, it's just going right from Luke Cage to the Defenders. But you know, so right. I don't know what they're going to do. But um, there's some other good one, Leland Owsley. Oh, the owl! I, I, I picked that up real quick. Even though they didn't give him any ability, I liked his character. By the his way, his character was really cool. He was very conniving. Yeah. you know. very tongue. I mean, not tongue in cheek, but just very like like snickering and kind of like just like making fun of like people's misfortune. Like, yeah. well, sorry to hear about you know Vanessa, but we have other things to take care of. So. <laughs> yeah, you know. But he was really. I liked his character. I loved, I loved Madame Gao. I thought she was really interesting and really cool. Did you like the way Leland got the shaft? <laughs> uh, well, if he, was, if he had been the real owl, he would have been able to glide. But right. obviously not. Because um, the owl has like hollow bones. He's able to glide and stuff like that. Madame Gao, she doesn't really exist in the comic yeah. world. However, she is probably, again, an- another Iron Fist association. She's probably the crane mother. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. And the crane mother is, is definitely from the Iron Fist lore. Because Iron Fist lore is very convoluted. That's why it's like, it's yeah, you could introduce him, but like then he needs his own series to even explain him. Because it gets like extra dimensional planes. Oh. Um, you know, you've got aliens. You've got a lot of shit you've got to explain with the whole Iron Fist legend. But another reason also I feel that this Iron Fist legend is because, again, well, if she's the crane mother, that's going to be it. But she says that, where did she say she's from? Uh, somewhere in China? No. no, no, in Asia somewhere. No, like, he says something about, "Are you going to go back to China?" And she goes, "I'm from a considerable distance farther." Yeah, which also, if she's the crane mother, would be Kunlun. Yeah, which would be an interdimensional plane. In other words, she's not from here at all. Yep. More than likely. Um, other things is the drug. Did you notice the drug the, packet? The, the heroin. heroin. Yeah. It had like a dragon on it. It had like a serpent on it. Yeah, like the steel serpent. serpent. Yep. And they called the drug still serpent. Steel Serpent is Iron Fist's major villain. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. They've got Iron Fist all lined up in this thing, you know. And then uh, that would explain why she says when uh, when Fist says, "Oh, you speak English." Oh, I speak all languages. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot. There's definitely a lot going on. Um, Another cool thing is they mentioned Van Lunt twice a character named van lunt and i'm like i know that name and i had to, this one i had to look because i couldn't remember who it is cornelius van lunt um was a member of an organization called zodiac which also van lunt used to be a member of an, an organization called the great wheel and if you remember madame gal says the wheel constantly turns and it's going to crush us if we're not careful right <laughs> you know and he was a super villain i mean he was a villain named taurus in the zodiac so it's interesting to see if that if they play along that vein too, because that's another like thing you can kind of bring into their world and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, there was a ton of stuff in there, and even um stick more. I mean, again, well no, stick, yeah. Well stick himself, but he also went to talk to somebody. Remember, yeah. that was Stone, right? That was probably Stone. Right. Yeah. You know, you know. So you got a lot going on in here. And what's what's the name of their um their organizations like Celeste or something? Like Not that? Celeste. Um, Chased. Chased. Yeah. The Chased. Yeah. A lot of good. Well done, Mike. Yeah, that's a, that's, like, I caught a couple of those, but the rest of those, I, I didn't even catch Stanley. And usually, I like I usually go after. Well, Stan it was Lee. so surprising too that they waited to the very last episode to drag him in. You know, you're like, come on, dude. Where's Stanley? <laughs> then you start thinking, did I miss him? <laughs> you know. All right. 
Well, you know with Stanley, you always expect for someone to come out of nowhere and say Excelsior. Well, well also think about Stanley was at the end of um, Big Hero Six too. At right. the, at the, at, after the credits. Well, right. no, no, he was in there too. In well, he, the, but in only the as a picture. He's only yeah, as, a, but, as a portrait. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, he actually shows up at the very end, which I thought was just so funny. Right. Spoilers, by the way. Um, <laughs> but now, what did we think about uh, the, the whole ending? I mean, like, I like the way that they were wrapping up a lot of the crime. I thought the area. That Puccini area that they were playing that was a little bit much. <laughs> I've got to watch. I've got to watch it again because I, I saw. Nesundolma. Yeah, Nesundolma. <laughs> it was done a lot better in the show. Though. <laughs> Ralph singing. <laughs> That's a CD we're gonna put out. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm always at the um, at, in the, your shower at the Philharmonic. <laughs> in the shower. In the shower, right? In the shower. <laughs> yeah, wow, they, I don't want to know what he's servicing. <laughs> but um. I mean, I'll I, rub your back. I, I have to. I have to watch the last episode again. I mean, it, it didn't bother me too much. It was all right. I mean, it's not like it's horrible. It was just way over, over the, the top. top. I was like, yeah. all right, now this isn't the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> let's calm it down. <laughs> let's let's dial it back a little bit. <laughs> what you come here to my place of business? I can't hear you. I'm blind and kind of deaf. <laughs> <laughs> well, then get that wax out of your ears. What's wrong with you? I was about to say that that's a better um, Wilson Vincent Vincent Navio, but I won't say that because it wasn't bad. It just it just la- it lacked some ferocity for me. That's all. Yeah. Or so or, so, or some backbone maybe. I think yeah. that's, that's what it is. Anything else before we go to ratings? No, I give this show a damn. He's giving the rating already. Okay, go nine. Uh, headless Vladimir Brothers out of ten. Nine Vladimir brothers out of ten. Headless okay. Vladimir brothers. Oh, headless Vladimir. Why are they headless? Oh, because you know, one of them was sad. only one. Well, that's what I said. Va- Vladimir's brother. Oh, Vladimir's brother. I yeah. got you now. Sorry uh, about that. All right. How about this? Nine awesome daredevil costumes out of ten because that shit was incredible. Okay. Yeah, all right. Cool. And I will go along with Ralph and give it a nine. Um, paintings to stare at the wall at. <laughs> paintings of, of a wall. Of a wall <laughs> to stare at out of ten. Mike, what, what was that title? Like uh, the concrete wall prison you'll be staring at? <laughs> well, she calls it uh, "Rabbit in a Snowstorm." Right. Yeah. Which I didn't get that. I was like, because oh, I guess it's one of those names. If a white rabbit in a snowstorm, so it's like. Right, but no, it was just it was one of those where I'm like, eh, I guess <laughs> you're trying to be clever. <laughs> um, I have a completely different rating. I give it nine. <laughs> Stop hinting and give me Iron Fist, damn it, out of ten. <laughs> he made it about some other fucking character. <laughs> I'm telling you, I love the show, but I'm just like, the more I kept seeing when I saw this, when I saw the Steel Serpents thing, I actually had to pause because I'm because I'm like, was that what I thought? And I'm like, it, it was, <laughs> you know. I, I was racking my brain, like I didn't really um, notice it too much, but every time I saw the the symbol, I was like. I've seen this before. Yeah, because Iron Fist you is very it. similar, except it has the wings off of the serpent, like yeah. the dragon. Uh, yeah. yeah, but the steel serpent is just that without the wings. Yeah, very like, cool. I saw that. I'm like, huh. All right, there you have it, Daredevil. Finally, we can put the Ben Affleck movie to rest. Not you. <laughs> You're gonna go kiss it goodnight. Just, I'll just watch it again. I'll watch it 13 times, one for each episode. <laughs> Speaking of kissing goodnight, it's time to kiss this episode goodnight because we have geeks on the go, and that's next. Geeks on the go. Now we're more rally. <laughs> now we're more rally. Nice. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to change this up a little bit because you know the usual segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute. But I figure, you know what? We're right on the on the cusp of the Avengers Age of Ultron movie coming out. So I thought about making it all Avengers-based questions. 
In other words, he got lazy and couldn't think of anything that wasn't related to Avengers, and he made a bunch of questions. And he was watching the Avengers at the time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who's denying shit? <laughs> Fuck you guys. I'm a dad now. <laughs> Ready, set, go. If Marvel decided to get rid of an Avenger member for the next movie, which one would it be? Mike. Hawkeye, unless he learns to shoot arrows from his dick, he's not a superhero. <laughs> Ralph. Uh, Captain America, just to see you cry. Oh, my God. You, you want to see my reaction. Okay. Which Avenger that hasn't appeared in the Avenger movies yet is one that you really want to see? Ralph. Uh, Spider-Man. You know, back in the day, that wouldn't even really be an answer. That's so funny. Yeah. Mike. Tigra, the werewoman. You hear me, Marvel? Tigra. Oh, my God. Why? We I talk about Tigra. I know you can love a lot of things. <laughs> what is your favorite moment from the first Avenger movie? Ralph. Puny God. <laughs> Mike. Uh, when Thor hits uh, Hulk in the head with his hammer on that on the, uh, the helicarrier, and the Hulk just like just reels, uh, it, just, it just looked like, and he's going down. <laughs> true, true, definitely. Which movie? Time's up. We'll, we'll... I told you he has so many questions. Takes forever. Shut up. Which movie will gross more? Which will gross more movies? <laughs> gross more movies. <laughs> oh my goodness. Which movie will gross more money? Avengers go. Age of Ultron or Star Wars Episode 7? Mike. Star Wars because people will pay to forget the prequels. <laughs> uh, Ralph? I would have to say Star Wars because those geeks outnumber us like a thousand to one. That's definitely oh, true. Hell yeah. they, well, have... they also get crossover. I mean, you get Star Wars people that aren't comic book fans. Yeah, that's true. You know. That's definitely. But but don't you think that you're starting to get crossover fans with, with Avengers now? Because they're not comic book fans, but now they have this outlet to, you know, the Avenger universe. People start watching them too. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think, I mean, I think the comic book type movie um, fan base has grown, but I think Star Wars just gets a, a huge fan base, yeah. you know. All right. And last, but certainly not least, if you were given the chance to replace one of the actors in the Avengers cast, and I just wanted to hear this one, who would it be? Ralph. I'd replace Chris Evans just to see the look on your face as I play Captain America. Wow. <laughs> and I drive a tank all over Hydra. <laughs> Captain America died? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> Please write him out. <laughs> Mike. Jeremy Renner. You know why? Because you're Hawkeye, <laughs> and and you made the Born Legacy, oh. and I watched it. Oh, don't, don't, don't be mad because he made that movie. I'm very mad that he made that. movie. And you went to watch it with um, Pete Tango and Jazz, right? Yeah, they showed me at the apartment, and that's why I hate them as well. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So a couple of shout-outs. Shout-outs to Bosch and Cheyenne over at the Four Life Podcast. Keep up the good work. Glad to hear you guys have your episodes up and running and. You know, on a more consistent basis, thank goodness. I know how we know how hard it is to stay on a schedule to be able to kind of have it over and over. So, <laughs> cap, shit it. Hey, yeah, my child's born and I'm still here, right? You guys are predicting me. He's not going to be here. <laughs> what a great dad, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck out of here. Shout out to Johannes. Good stuff with your stuff on Instagram. Um, love to see what you're reading in the morning. But you know what? If it's ever lame, I am going to tell you what it is. So Yeah, thanks for writing to the rest of us. I mean, granted, I'm not on Instagram. But oh, yeah. Granted, I'm not on Instagram, but thanks for not writing to me. <laughs> the tech is on Instagram. He's always looking to have people to talk with. You, you, I think you need to make a tech Instagram. Yeah. I'm going to Yeah. MFG doesn't have one yet because I haven't thought how glorious I want it to be yet. <laughs> You hear that, right? That's yeah. a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he's got a BBC, so it's like... Just out, watch out for the 20-mile-per-hour blast. 
The what? The 20 mile per hour blast. <laughs> oh, my eye. It was <laughs> blown out of my head. <laughs> Wear goggles. <laughs> shout out. And last but not least, shout out to my wife, um, Jim. I love you. Jim. Jim. G. G. Oh, G. What the Jim? fuck? I heard Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I can't wait for you to listen to this again. I G- know Jim is like, oh, finally I've been recognized. <laughs> G, I love you. Thank you very much for helping me start a family. And I couldn't, I mean, you were, you were definitely some, something to treasure. I really love you. Um, You're like a million bucks. You should be buried. <laughs> <laughs> and... And that's the end of our show for today. So for the hater, MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and the guy who laughs at anything, RT Square, we're off the tech. This is a stutter, meaning the cap saying, keep it geeky. And when are you going to watch Age of Ultron? Soon. Oh, yeah. So you've watched Daredevil twice? Sure, you're going to pass judgment, Mr. I Love Barbed Wire. Hey, Grumpy Oldman, we're recording a commercial here. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're just mad because we're not talking about your all-time favorite movie, Tomcats. Isn't that only watched by 12-year-old girls? Ralph is a 12-year-old girl. Have you not seen him? Hey, that's a good movie. Yeah, sure. <laughs> hey, guys, this is The Cap here with Mike the Finance Guy and Ralph the Tech inviting you to join the conversation from the show. We know you love Doctor Who, superheroes and their villains, gaming and TV and movie watching, but you need some very honest reviews from some very funny guys. So why don't you join in the conversation? Check out our Facebook page where you can like it and even leave a comment. And if you want to share it with your friends, our podcast is located on iTunes and also on SoundCloud. Because you hear what they say, great comic book debates are better in numbers. Now back to the show.